Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Awakening Universal Minds. My name is Brother Benici. Also, I have Brother Ravana Noon. Uh, we want to welcome everybody tonight, Thursday, February 9th, 2017. I want to welcome everybody to the show. Uh, I want to welcome all of our regular listeners, uh, everybody all across the United States. Uh, might as well get this out of the way because sometimes I forget to do it. Uh, thanks for the support, again, for international listeners. Uh, though most of them cannot participate in the show as far as calling in on the uh, calling and question portion of the show. Uh, most of them stream it live. We appreciate their support streaming it live uh, from the Caribbean, Canada, England. Uh, we got people here from the Philippines, Australia, Brazil. Uh, if I left anybody out, um, you're greatly appreciated. Uh, again, we thank you for listening to the show, supporting the show. And uh, passing it along to somebody else. That's, that's the objective. Pass this uh, along to somebody else and, and, and let them, you know, get exposed to the information. Um, and that's, that's why we do the show. That's the only reason why we do the show. So we want to welcome everybody. Uh, for our newer listeners, as we do every week, and again, if you are a regular listener, now's the time probably to run in the refrigerator, get something to drink, bag of chips, or whatever it is you do. This is for the newer listeners or first-time listeners. Uh, if this is your first time tuning into the show, uh, we just want to be crystal clear on what type of show that this is. This is a uh, left-hand path origin of ancient Egypt slash Africa, uh, the occult, metaphysics, alchemy, black magic, uh, adept of the black arts, uh, metaphysics, ancestral worship. Uh, that is the topics that we discuss on this show. Uh, anything pertaining in those fields of study areas of interest, spirituality, uh, this is what we discuss on the show. I want to make it crystal clear, it is not a religious show, okay? This is not a, a Yahweh, Allah, God, uh, Jehovah, Jesus loves you show. Wrong, wrong station. So now would be the time to probably pack it in and uh, tune into somewhere else. So we'll make that crystal uh, clear, just so if you're a brand new, fresh listener, first time um, tuning into the show. Uh, we pretty much, uh, again, the information that we talk about, and we'll, again, for newer listeners, a brief introduction of ourselves, what it is we do, what we're about. Um, all the things that we do discuss on this show, we are talking about it from a personal experience perspective. We're not giving you our personal experience so you can imitate or duplicate it. We only share some personal experiences just to validate certain points of information that we talk about. We encourage you to get your own personal experience, not somebody else's, not follow somebody else's, because that's not creating your own spiritual path, or that's not what we call this path of self-mastery is about. Not, not, again, not mimicking another individual's culture, dogma, philosophy, 
that's just another form of religion, regardless of what you call it. Um, so we say those things, again, due to the fact that you get your own experience of the stuff that we discussed tonight. You'll hear us mention a lot of different spiritual systems. As far as our experience, uh, myself and Brother Ravon will come in a minute and give you his. Um, as we've said before, most of these mystical schools, esoterical orders, fraternal societies, we have either walked completed or are still walking through right now as we speak. Be it the Rosicrucians, the Martinist Order, or the Templi Orientis, also known as OTO, Masonry, Shriners, um, in dealing with what we're going to talk about tonight, other various aspects of, of cultures and philosophies such as Ifa, uh, some, some, some know it, modern-day watered-down aspect of it as Santeria, Paolo, um, and, and a host of other things that you'll hear us talk about uh, if I didn't go through them all. So when we talk about those things, we're talking about them because we have actually gone through them, experienced them. Now, having said that, we mention that because we're not, again, saying it's necessary or mandatory to belong to any of the aforementioned unless you decide that you want to be a teacher on those subjects and don't teach from speculation, teach from having the actual experience. Because, unfortunately, there's a lot of that going on now lately. Um, people, unfortunately, melanated people, love to get sucked into the conspiracy theories, whether it's Illuminati, Masonry, uh, anything of the occult is always a conspiracy theory in the melanated community. So in order to put that nonsense to bed, get the experience yourself, not, not again from seeing a video on YouTube or sitting in a lecture and getting hearsay from somebody that hasn't experienced it either. So that's why we mentioned that crystal clear. Also, we do not, we do not uh, subscribe or uplift one particular group, organization, or individual. There is no one thing or individual that has the answers to all the questions or answers to all the mysteries of life or the answers to all of the things you need to know to get you to where you got to go. The only person that has those answers is you. This path is simply about bringing that divinity or that godlike quality or power out of you um, that's the true solution to our problem. So we don't sit here and advocate and promote Farrakhan as being some type of savior for all melanated people or Dr. York or, or uh, ISUPK and that, that fat-looking dude that looks like Biggie Smalls. I don't know his name. Um, that stuff is comical and ridiculous, okay? That's the furthest thing what this path is about. So if you still feel that you're in need to be a follower, and you need to be a part of what we call a Mickey Mouse Club, now would probably be the time for you to tune out. So that's for newer listeners. I think that pretty much uh, covers the basis. Um, I'll bring Brother Ravana in and he can introduce himself. All right. <clears throat> Hi, everybody. Peace. This is Ravana Noon. Uh, once again, pleasure to be on the show this evening. As Brother Benini was stating, uh, the different various paths that we've walked, the different uh, esoteric schools that we've walked, these different things are not, we, we don't mention them to get a pat on the back or a trophy because we care less about personal accolades. We did it for our own personal growth, our own experience, so that we can have more in-depth uh, knowledge on things for our own personal growth, and we share that with some individuals who may be 
also interested in learning some of those things or trying to understand it better. Uh, the, 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 the case is this. When you come on the show, the show is not about if you like what we say or agree with what we say. It's irrelevant. I don't give a fuck. Benita does not give a fuck if you like what we say, agree with what we say, and we don't want your props. If you agree or don't agree, that's your personal problem, personal issue, deal with it yourself. So before you start to address something on this show, ask yourself first, am I addressing this because it bothered me, personally bothered me what they said, and my little emotions and feelings got hurt? Or is it something that I really want to discuss to get a greater understanding about that maybe I do agree or don't agree, but it's more of an understanding perspective instead of my little feelings got hurt and I'm so, so, so appalled by things you've discussed this evening. Cut that shit out, okay? The left-hand path is not a path for the feeble-minded, the weak-minded. It's not a path for those who seek accolades, those who want props, those who want to be a part of the, the social club, those who want to follow the majority. It's a path of, it's a path of isolated consciousness. It's a path of individuation and a path of self-mastery, self-deification. If that bothers you, that you can't look at yourself and deify yourself and raise yourself up and meet the challenges of life and overcome them and take responsibility for every little thing that happens in your life, whether you like it or not, you take responsibility, full responsibility. If you can't handle that, it's not the show for you. We don't make excuses. We don't cut corners. We don't uh, sugarcoat shit. We say it as it is. And if that bothers you, maybe you shouldn't be listening to the show. Maybe you should seek somebody who's going to massage your ego and tell you how great you are, how original we were, how we mastered this, did this, but then today, today's world we ain't doing shit of mostly any of those things but complaining and, and whining or the keep talking about the past and history and we did that. And, and that's all the well and dandy. I'm not about what we did. I'm about doing now. And I'm showing and proving, Benini showing and proving through daily life how you can be the master of your life and take control of your life and manifest what you need for your growth on a consistent basis. We don't uh, uh, basically agree with 90, probably 99% of the conscious coon crap that is out there. Most of these people will tell you, oh, I'm into African spirituality. And then you ask them one simple little thing about African spirituality, and, and, and they can't answer. Okay, they can't answer. All they can tell you about is libations. Listen, fuck a libation. If you really understood anything, you are the libation, fool. But anyway, that's a different story. Okay? they All they do is wear the trimmings, the dressings, the, the cultural clothes, but they have no fucking clue about anything African. Okay, they don't understand the African magic. They don't understand the African sorcery. They don't understand the African uh, aspect of the left-hand path. They don't understand any of that. Because all they want to do is sound like, we the people shall overcome, and we love everybody who's melanated. We, that's a fucking false lie and illusion. You don't love everybody who's melanated just because they're melanated. Because if that was the case, y'all wouldn't be having this. Who's dark-skinned, light-skinned, who's house-negro, field-negro, who gives a shit? We're all got shitted on. We're all in a fucked-up situation. What you going to do about it, raise up or keep complaining, okay? Remember, remember, you got to date somebody that's conscious. Yeah, you gotta, and also, that's another thing. Cut it out. 
Now you guys went from conscious coonism to conscious dating. Really? Fuck out of here. Okay, this is not the newlywed show. This is not the fucking love connection show. This is none of that shit. Okay? You guys, oh, you gotta date somebody who's conscious because that's the only way that um, you know, you really can have a serious conversation. Let me tell you something. Most of the serious conversation I've had is people who are not conscious. Yeah. What I say that because when you come into a conscious, so-called consciousness, you are more restricted, limited, and put within borders and boundaries than you were before you ever got into any level of consciousness. Because now when you get into this level of consciousness, see all these precepts, all these uh, parameters have been set for you before you even came in, and you basically don't realize it, but you conform to the bullshit. You either start with the red, black, and green, the RBG shit, and you wear your little fucking red, black, and green colors and all this other shit. Or you come in in the comedic perspective and, you know, it's hotepping and, and wearing onks and, you know. Or you come in from, you know, another perspective. But the the point is, you're already coming into parameters, borders, boundaries set forth by you. Left-hand path is basically about busting through all the borders, boundaries, limitations that have been set for you by either society, family, culture, tradition, or you self-imposed it upon yourself. So when we go in tonight, we're going in. We're not going to sugarcoat and make you feel great because it's about African spirituality, African magic, African sorcery, or left-hand path. We're going in and we're going to... (laughs) It's going to be very controversial, some of the shit we say. And you might not agree with it, but, again, we're speaking from an experience perspective, not a personal opinion, okay? That experience perspective has a lot to do with initiations, raisings, you know, and things of that nature. And even some of those things, we may not even agree with some of those things we went through. That's the point. Your experience allows your consciousness to expand to see things on a whole nother level and staying within the parameters, borders, boundaries, and never questioning anything. Because essentially you left one religion to join another. That's all you did. You just left one Christianity and you shifted it to comedic consciousness or African consciousness and you just took out, took out the superficial outer trimming of Christianity and you passed it or laid over with African trimmings. And still, you're still just as religious as you were as if you were a Christian. Because there is no motherfucking most high rock. Cut the shit out, please. That's that's irritating, and it's, it's nauseating to hear people say, oh, the most high rock. Really? Really. I saw a fucking post the other day, and I, and I told Brother Benini about this, where they said that rock, in a book of revelations, such and such, is the one that's bringing the judgment. What, people? What? What, what, what? Really? Really? You guys are reaching now. You're, you're totally reaching for things because you have nothing left to talk about. Peace. All right. Appreciate it, brother. And, again, that's a key point. You base, you base your conclusions on, on having the experience of it, and that's, that's the key. Uh, so working any spiritual system, just reading about it or getting feedback from somebody is not the determining factor of, of drawing your conclusions, whether it's for you or not, um, because that's the mistake most people make 
with, with pretty much most levels of consciousness, especially on this path. Um, yeah, you can do that shit when you're studying history because uh, most of the stuff people are talking about, uh, especially in all these conscious circles, it's history. Um, it's not really anything spiritual. It's not nothing you can really apply on a daily basis. Uh, it's just a bunch of back and forth debating over historical shit at the end of the day that really ain't going to hold no weight on anything which you've got to do moving forward. See, the problem is everybody's focused on what happened in the fucking past. Back in the day, we used to be so great. We were this. We were that. We used to be. Back of this. Back. I told you that's another itis that melanated people have. It's called back-in-the-day-itis. Well, this path is not about sitting around talking about how great you used to be. This is about how great you are now and how greater you can become moving forward. This path gets results, okay? It gets results immediately, not, not next week, not next year, not six months from now, not six years from now. This is about tapping in. If you claim to be a god, if you claim to be a, a, a deity, if you claim to be part of this divine essence that you call the creator, then you need to start living up to that potential and stop reading about it, stop talking about it, and stop talking about what we used to be. Because that, that in itself creates a certain mentality and a certain stigma that creates stagnation in the subconscious mind. That's part of the illusion and the entrapment of being in mental slavery. At one, at one point you think you're doing something great by sitting around talking about all this history, but there's no action behind it. You're sitting there playing the role of the victim of what was done. We all know what was done. We all, history can't be changed but we can prevent it from being repeated. That's the difference. So this is not a path about that. And that's why we had uh, made it crystal clear, or we make it crystal clear at the beginning of every show. This is a path of action. It's a path of constant change. It's a path of constant challenges. It keeps you sharp. And there's not one specific structure or system that governs this path. You determine that factor. And, and, and it's simple. The things that you experience, part of creating this path or creating your own path of self-mastery, you, you gravitate towards what works for you or, or what you feel or that resonates with you. And what doesn't, you just toss it to the side. It's not for you. You don't sit there and spend time and bullshit complaining about what you like and don't like. Like Brother Vaughn said, that's some personal shit. What you like and don't like is irrelevant on this path. That's some shit you got to wrestle with with yourself. Nobody cares. Nobody cares what you don't like because you need to really focus on what is it about it that you don't like. What is it that strikes a nerve if it's something you're dealing with you don't like? And why I say that is just as quick as you're able to identify when you do like something, oh, I like this because blah, 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 that makes me feel. I like this because, oh, that works. But we have a hard time struggling and wrestling with, with shit we don't like. We beat around the bush. We complain. We throw all these excuses out there, but we never get to the core. Well, what is it about it that's really not resonating with me? Why I say that is, is because when you dig deep and probe, you'll find out if you don't like it because it has resonated or brought something to the surface about yourself that you're not facing. That's why you really don't like the shit. Bottom line, I don't care what it is. And you might say on the surface consciously, no, that's not what it is. I just doesn't agree with my morals or this or that. No, no. Dig deeper. Go into that deep, dark abyss of your subconscious mind, and you will find out, just like people that are out there on a crusade against homosexuality, most of them are fighting homosexual demons subconsciously. They just don't 
They just don't want to admit it or they just don't recognize it. Because if you feel the need to put out videos and bash homosexuals, then you have a phobia because deep down within your subconscious mind, you might be fearing that you could be a homosexual. So you mask it by, by berating homosexuals in long videos to cover up the, the, the reality of not facing it. That's, that's, just, that's just the reality. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. And, again, you might say on the surface, no, 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 that's not why I do it. I'm just doing it because it's a, I have heard every excuse in the book. It's just not proper. It's just not moral. Well, it doesn't line up with science and creation. Yeah, those are good answers on the surface. But what really is it about homosexuality that freaks people out? And I, I, I to sit here and tell you confidently and not in a discriminatory way, I, I don't agree with the lifestyle just because it's personal choice. But I don't judge. I don't berate. I don't criticize because bottom line is when you get to the essence of it, it has really nothing to do when it's on your path of spirituality. We did a whole thing on that, dealing with African spirituality and homosexuals being the guardians of the gateway in certain cultures. Okay? So you got all these people in the conscious community talking about how it's so anti-African spirituality. That's because people sit here and say, I'm comedic, I study Egypt. Well, Egypt isn't all Africa, okay? So let's establish that. Just because you say you're into the comedic Egyptian thing doesn't mean that you deal with all of Africa. People deal with parts of Africa that makes them feel comfortable. But when you really go and study these cultures, you will find that part out. So that's what that's in, in relation to reverence. So what we're going to talk about tonight, we've been talking about a lot of different spiritual systems. Um, we got into it a little bit last week. Um, in essence, even, even on this path, when dealing with left, when we, again, we'll make this clear, too. When we're saying left-hand path is just a term. And again, if you're a new, new listener and you, you might be new to this, uh, when we say left-hand path, just like everything else that was watered down and taken from African spirituality, so was the left-hand path. We're not talking about left-hand path Satanist and Euro-Satanism and all that shit. That is just watered down uh, bullshit that's just, that was created just a few hundred years ago, which is basically adverse to what we know as Christianity because all their focus is on Christianity. And some people, that, some, some people in those circles are more religious than Christians because they're sitting there worshiping a God that doesn't exist called Lucifer or the devil, okay, which is just as fictitious as Jesus because they don't, they don't look at it in the right way as working with energies and archetypes. There's a difference. When somebody works this path, they understand that all of these archetypes that we're calling deities or gods are just different vibrational frequencies of energy. It all comes from the same source. It's just you've got to know how to tap in and activate it and utilize those energies and frequencies for whatever purpose that you're working as long as it's suitable to the working that you're doing. There's no good or bad. Get that shit out of your head. That's why we always say go deep and study the seven hermetic principles of Tahuti and get in the mind disciplined and conditioned. Because like we say, real black magic is, is manipulation of the subconscious mind. What that basically means is you need to reteach yourself everything because all the bullshit we've been taught since we were children has been incorrect, and, and it started with our parents. And they only did it because they were taught wrong, and they were taught by their parents who were taught wrong. And then their parents, their great-great-grandparents taught their grandparents wrong, et cetera. It's a cycle. So we, we, we can't hold them responsible. We can recognize it now and take action and change it. This is why we're in the situation we're in. So we've got to understand, this is, this is a system of indoctrination that's been passed down for generations. 
real black magic, again, is not slitting goats' necks and pouring blood on altars and wearing black robes and saying, hail Lucifer. That's not black magic. That's European bullshit and garbage. That's just some watered-down shit, like they do everything else, and just and ostracize it and make it look bad. Left-hand path goes back to the origins of ancient Egypt and Africa. It's just nobody talks about it. You hear about Heka in ancient Egypt. What is Heka? Nobody really talks about it. People want to talk about uh, Osiris and, and Horus is the savior. Yeah, That's religious. <laughs> What's it? Horus is Jesus' brother. Yeah, yeah, Horus is, he's really Jesus and the Jesus story. Who gives a fuck? Because at the end of the day, that ain't doing nothing for me. If you're not working a spiritual system that's improving you on a consistent basis mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, and physically. Let me say that again because I know that's going, that probably just went, shoo. If you are not working any spiritual system that you claim to identify with, I don't give a shit what it is. I don't care. Matter of fact, did you hear about that shit, the damn a Cheeto shaped in the shape of a fucking monkey? Somebody paid $100,000 for that shit on eBay? That's, I don't know why that shit just came to my head, but that's a whole other story. I would, I'd, I'd have made that shit myself, man. So, anyway, I don't know why that popped into my head, but it did. Let me just say what I just said again. If you are not, I don't care what spiritual system it is, dogma, philosophy, culture, level of consciousness that you identify with, okay? If it is not consistently improving you spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, and financially, it's pure garbage. And I'm not talking about mundane shit. I want to make that crystal clear. Not, well, it's made me a good person. I've learned to love people, and now it's helped me deal with and breathe. No, no, no. We're talking about real concrete results. Not just the shit you love about yourself. But have you really gone deep into your subconscious mind and corrected the shit you don't like about yourself? So we're talking about consistent results on a daily basis. Now, you could sit there, some people that might be listening or might hear, might hear the recording of this later down the road that might be on that lighter path, uh, you know, that yogi, swami, new age, metaphysical I claim to be in the occult, but I'm really a gray sider. Let me explain to you what a gray sider is. A gray sider is somebody that quite don't really fully dap into the, you know, dip into the black adept arts, uh, doesn't quite go light, fluffy, and religious, stays right in the middle. You know, they, they want to claim they're dark and mystical and into the occult, but they still hold on to light, fluffy shit because it's a security blanket. It prevents them from really diving in and dealing with themselves on a wide-scale level so they hold on to that fluffy shit to make them feel safe. That's a gray side. And we've been doing this for years, and unfortunately there's a lot of people in this that are gray siders, and that's the reality. And again, you'll hear us say this. You can't fake the funk on this path, bottom line, because it's going to show. So African spirituality, we talked we talk a little bit last week. What is African witchcraft, sorcery, African spirituality? Let, well, let's get into some of the essence and let's get down to the nitty-gritty uh, uh, of beyond the norm. When I say beyond the norm, uh, outside of the things about Egypt that we like, the pyramids and Pharaoh Ramses and, you know, all, all the mundane bullshit people talk about that, again, holds no relevance weight. Let's talk about 
Working with African spirituality, let's first start with ancestral worship. What, what connection, purpose, if any, does ancestral worship have connected to the left-hand path? And I'm going to tell you in my experience, and Ravana Noon, when he comes in, he's going to tell you in his experience, and I'm sure there's many people that will uh, agree based on their experiences, it serves a very strong purpose, okay? Now, you'll find in modern-day left-hand path, not many people incorporate it correctly because working with your ancestors or the spirits of the dead, uh, necromancy, you can call it, there's many different systems that it falls under. In essence, they're all the same system but just have different variations of how they work or how they work. Um, working with the spirits of the dead or your spiritual ancestors is, is key in conjuring up your power, conjuring up your potential, conjuring up opening paths that can create roadways to success for you. Because first and foremost, and it's not limited to your bloodline ancestors, but it's always recommended when working path of ancestral worship, you do start there. Okay, you do tap there. Now, there's multiple ways of venerating and honoring them. Uh, there's mul multitude of systems. One needs to seek out and find which ones work, you know, for them best. Now, I'm going to take a quick excerpt, and we'll start here with ancestral worship. Then we'll go into some African sorcery and witchcraft. Um, but I would suggest, now, we've, again, we've gone over on, on a multitude of shows if you go into the archives. Uh, when you get into some of the, the Congo traditions of Apollo, uh, we did a whole series on Paolo Maembe, which we've been actually scratched in, as we talked about that on a previous show last year. Um, but even in that modern day, in a lot of those houses uh, here in America that practice, it's very watered down. Um, as, we, as, we, as we broke down the different aspects of Paolo Maembe and Paolo Monte, Paolo Monte is, you know, incorporates a lot of the Santeria Orishi worship in it um, and still has strong overtones of Christianity. Um, so even in this, we have to be careful because this is also different spiritual systems that have been corrupted, unfortunately, and diluted here in America. And how, how do we overcome that? How do we change that? How do we correct that? Real simple. When you start invoking your ancestors and you start actually working and communicating with them, they will reveal things to you about the path that you need to work. So that's why everybody's path is unique. When you start getting caught up in specific systems that you have to do it this way and this way only, and if you don't do it this way, it's not right, ask yourself this question. Who the fuck is the authority that dictates that? How can anybody tell you about your personal bloodline other than you, who you're the one who has that blood running through your veins? So nobody can tell you that. They can give you traditions from basic systems because when somebody says, oh, you need to do this ritual like this, they're basing that solely off a tradition, and a tradition that sometimes does not apply to everybody or doesn't work in activating the DNA. That's the problem. So this is how you bypass that. This is how you overcome that. This is how you don't get trapped in following, uh, you know, exclusively one specific tradition. I'm going to take an excerpt real quick, um, a book that we had talked about when we did the Pandemonium Mandela, The Black Ship. I'm going to take something from a, a, a short section in here on uh, ancestral worship, okay? The value of the ancestor to, to those on the left-hand path, and I chose this book because 
this deals uh, it, it gets in the left hand. We're gonna go. We're gonna get. We'll, we'll give you some other books we're gonna throw out there. But this deals with connecting it to the left-hand path, and that's kind of why I chose this excerpt. It says, the value of the ancestors to those on the left-hand path may not be immediately evident. This is important. Our path is individualistic and personal. It is often a social, if not antisocial. The energies within us are alien, and we often disregard or disdain such group ties as family. More as the left-hand path has always been rare and hidden, those who are called to it, okay, those who are called to it may often be brought into serious conflicts with their families, and we're going to explain why this all happens, who may be related in blood but are seemingly or actually opposers in spirit. We're going to talk about this. Now, I'm going to skip up here, okay? The peoples and cultures that have made offerings to their ancestors and honored dead have been primitive and refined, ancient and modern from all parts of the world. It's actually the cultures that do not engage in this practice that stand out as unusual. Offerings are made to the dead both to honor and to placate them. As attitudes towards the dead can range from reverence to fear, I want to pay attention to this last part right here, the rituals dedicated to the ancestors also have the purpose of reinforcing and repairing the concept of family. Okay? And why should we make offerings to the spirits of the parents or grandparents that they may never truly know us or respected us? Meaning, why should we honor people that we know didn't respect us? Say you had a direct family member that didn't respect you, why, why, you know, why they were alive. Why should you honor them? Remember, it just said to repair the concept of family, which we're going to talk about. See, we're going to get into the essence of, of really why you should practice ancestral worship, not do it in a religious sense. Okay? The simple fact is that even for those of us that have made some progress on the path of self-will, becoming much about circumstance and character for good or ill, has been shaped by those who have come before us. For those whose family relationships are good, the positive gifts of inheritance can be acknowledged, honored, and celebrated. For those whose relationships have not been good with their family, there is understanding and healing to be gained. This is why you honor your ancestors, okay? And death may even have changed the perspective of those shades with whom you have quarreled with. For most of our family relationships are a mix of the good and the troubled, and the work will also be mixed. Through this work, we may create a new spirit of family within the houses we establish, okay? Now I'm going to skip down. In addition to feeding the ancestors, okay, now that could be a, a multitude of levels of offerings, uh, not just animal sacrifice. That's not what we're talking about. Um, you can also perform the rites to comfort them or to aid in their spiritual progress. The ancestors lived as people just as we live as people, okay? Once you have established a relationship with your ancestors, you can also make them aware of the greater aims of the grimoire, okay? Finally, though, it may seem simple in working magically with the spirits of your ancestors. You begin to work magically with the basic forces of life, death, time, and becoming, okay? Practical work with the ancestors begins with setting up a shrine or altar for them, uh, and we've talked about that. That's the basic stuff. You should have a sacred space. Uh, for your ancestors. Um, I'm going to stop there. We're going to go through more of this, but I'm going to stop there for now, um, and we're going to get into the rest of this excerpt. So the purpose for doing this, and remember, when you're working any of these spiritual systems or anything you do, you should clearly have defined in your mind 
What is the purpose of why you're doing what you're doing? Ask yourself that in anything you set out to do. Why am I doing this? What is the reason why I'm doing this? And what is the purpose? And, and at the end of the day, what is to become of the end result? If you can't clearly answer those questions, then you need to really question yourself why you're doing what you're doing. Because then there's another motive at hand that's at work, and it's probably not for your benefit. So you should be clear on that. And that's called, again, fueling your intent. Okay? Intent is everything when working these spiritual systems. And if your intent isn't clear, it causes a lot of stagnated energy um, and confusion. So we definitely need to approach this, especially when honoring or reverencing the dead. It's not some shit to be played with. Because once you start opening the portal, especially when we, when we get into the, 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 the dome pantheon, the lojas and the gidis and the petro lojas of the dome pantheon, that's not some shit you play with. If you don't know what you're doing, it can fuck you up. It can create a lot of crazy shit. And, if you, and again, it creates that crazy mess or what appears to be chaotic. And sometimes that chaos is good, but that's another story. But it creates that mess because you weren't clear on your intent. So this is not some shit like I'm just going to do it oh, because I'm curious to see. No, you don't, that's not what you do with this. You need to be crystal clear on your intent. You need to be clear on your purpose. Because if you're doing it just to be doing it, I will guarantee you and sit here today and say you will get fucked up. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. I've seen people go to all different levels with this. Great levels, I've seen the worst, though. I've seen people become fucking, open themselves up to walk-ins, and they're never the same. I've seen people get committed to fucking psychiatric wards because they thought that this was some shit to play with it. I'm not saying that shit to scare people. I'm saying that shit to approach it with reverence, approach it with serious clear intent and clear purpose. If not, you will get fucked up. Trust me. I'm telling you, it's a reality. And I can run down a list of people to this day that we used to know years ago. And if you see them today, you'd be like, there's no fucking way that's the same person that you used to know back then. When you open yourself up to this energy, if you're not prepared to be receptive to it, you know, these, they, it's kind of like they, they, need, they need a place to dwell in sometimes. And if you open those portholes and you don't know how to send them through and bring them back and open and close rituals correctly, it can, it, again, it can mess you up pretty bad. But anyway, brother, let's talk about that real quick. What's your input? Let's talk a little bit about ancestral worship, and then maybe we'll get, we'll, we'll, then we'll take it up a notch uh, and, and go into some of the uh, archetypes. Did we lose your Latin then? Hold on. Oh, wait, you must have got disconnected. Yeah, my phone disconnected, so I had to call back in. I didn't even, anyway. I didn't realize. I see it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> That's all right. You was on the road, so, you know, couldn't hear her, brother. You was on the road. <laughs> I just um, saw I'm like calling, and I was like, what the fuck? Anyway, go ahead, bro. All right, so ancestral reverence, ancestral connections, um, very intense work. Now, in the Vudan perspective, they honor the ancestors last, okay, in the um, Santeria Kumi Apollo, the ancestors are usually honored first. It depends what system you do, but there's still always going to be a level of ancestral reverence, okay? And it's important because as uh, Benini shared from the book, you're an extension of everything that came before you. So don't think that you're the shit just because you're the shit. That shit that you are today is a conglomeration of multiple DNA strains 
from great, 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 great grandmother all the way to today. So you do realize that if any work is done, it's an extension from all the things that are already within you. You didn't just, you weren't just born today and you just became this great hero and this great thing today because you just popped out of nowhere. You came from somewhere or something. And all African traditions understood that. Okay, not just African, Native American traditions, uh, the traditions in Asia that honor the ancestors. Almost all across the planet, people honor and revere their ancestors. That's important because as you being a living representative of all the beings in your DNA bloodline that came before you, as you being that living representative, you are responsible in essence. You are responsible in essence for any healing that needs to be done. Now, it's, I, I'm stressing this again because I, don't, I want people to really catch that. You are responsible for any healing that needs to be done within your DNA line. You, as was clearly stated, you have um, messed up situations and and messed up relationships within any family, you have some great ones. Some of those deceased relatives passed away when they were in a messed up situation. Nobody ever healed that situation because they passed and because we, as many people, the melanated people in today's present world, have lost our our, uh, spiritual ancestral connection, we haven't done anything to correct that. I'm sure everybody has known somebody that had an argument with a person they so-called said they loved, cared for, desired, whatever the case may be, and that person um, then ended up passing that same day, okay? And when they ended up passing, who corrected or healed that situation? You're the one responsible for that because you have the power to do that. Now, most of our family are too religious or they don't care two shits about anything like that. But you as a person on this path should be able to correct all of that to make your DNA strain even better. Now, the other reason why people seem to not want to deal with ancestral reverence is because people want to worship gods over something that was real. What do I mean by that? They want to worship a metaphor, a myth, a symbol that wasn't real compared to something that actually existed in flesh and blood, okay? Now, when you work this path, you're opening a gateway to the next realm of existence. And when that gateway is open... It's not just your grandma or whoever you're trying to connect with that can come through. It's anything that's waiting at that door can come through. This is why in many cultures you have a gatekeeper or somebody who guards the crossroad. You have Papa Legba in the Vudan Pantheon. You have a shoe, uh, a Legwa, uh, a Legba, leg, whatever name have been derived different dialects from 
the essence and meaning of they, the, the individual that guards the crossroad, okay? That they're guarding from this world to the next. Then you have the, um, the gay days of Bhutan. And Baron Samti, or Samedi, is considered a lord of the crossroads as well, okay? Seeing into this world and the next world. It's important to understand that if you don't do this right, um, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, this is, <laughs> if you buy yourself, um, okay, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I don't see people open that gateway to the spirit. And what they thought was going to be their great granddad coming through or some shit was some fucked up person from the past who was uh, a vengeful spirit who wanted to just cause destruction and chaos. Now, it only takes a spirit literally three to five seconds to figure out how to tap into your body chemistry and basically reside within you. That's right. Okay? Now, what do you what do you mean, Ravana? I thought that was yeah, it's real. Let me tell you why it's real. Energy exists. Energy was can never be destroyed. And energy, meaning the energy that you are, that you created, can retain consciousness, some certain energy part. This is what people end up calling spirit. Science is starting to get closer and closer, and they're going to eventually find a way to reveal and, 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 and show and prove that spirits do exist. But science, what they can't see, they don't always accept. They're getting closer, but they're not there yet. The thing is this. What happens is you have to be careful because many of the things people are commonly used to actually are the very things that can open a gateway. For example, some people love to drink, okay? What is the, the name, especially in the South, that they use for liquor? They call it spirits, right? Now, do you think that was just a fucking co- uh, coincidence that they called the liquor spirits? Huh? Do you think that was just something that just happenstance made up? No. That's because they know what happens when you drink. It can alter your state of consciousness. Okay? And when your vibration and frequency changes, which is going back to Kahuti doctrine, of, of the doctrine of rhythm and vibration, okay? Anything when your vibration is altered and your frequency changes, a spirit literally that's residing there at that frequency can literally inhabit your body and take over Mm -hmm. okay? Now, if you open that gateway and have no idea what you're doing and don't tell me, oh, but I'm a good person, I'm loving, I'm caring. Yeah, exactly. You're the exact motherfucker they're coming for. And I'm going to tell you why they're coming for your ass. Because if you're so pure... And so, right, you're they feel host. that you're really not as pure as you are. You're full of it's shit. It. Okay? Perfect magnet. This is why the most innocent people have been recorded in history sometimes to have been possessed. They want that because I'm going to tell you, and I shared this with Brother Benini from watching the movie Split, and I want you all to think about that. Okay? We had a discussion about this. But the movie splits about an individual who has 23 uh, 
different personalities. Personalities. Yep. But at the end of the by the end of the movie, there's a new personality that's created from those twenty three. Ain't ruining for y'all, so I ain't gonna tell you all that shit. But what I can tell you is in that movie, he says this. He says, "The pure are the broken, and the impure are the unbroken." Now go figure that out yourself and meditate on that shit. Okay? But anyway, so what I'm saying is that these spirits can house you. So this is why ancestral reverence has always been a part of our culture, but it's something that has always been guarded and protected with utmost um, extreme matter sometimes because you can be delving into (laughs) things that you're not aware of. Okay? So, for example, if I set up an altar, and on your altar, the basics of your altar sometimes is it could be um, a glass of water, a bowl of water. Sometimes people have seven bowls, I mean, seven glasses of water with one major uh, or bigger glass of water. That's all related to either Santeria, Palo, Vudan, and a lot a of bovita. that was influenced that's, by Alan Kardec. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a bovita. When he set that up, right. they called that a bovita. That's all that shit is. Exactly, and it's a lot of that's influenced by Alan Kardec, who was a French man who created what became known as a spirituismo or spiritism. Okay, which a lot of that was dealing with mediumship, you know, that's right. communication with the dead. Okay, that's not really an African thing. Cut the shit out, people. See, a lot of y'all think you know a lot of that shit, but you don't. That seeped into African traditions from a French man, but you guys are so pro-black, you wouldn't know that, right? Yeah, exactly. So anyways, so um, that's one way. Another way is you can have water, you can put fruits, you can put your ancestors, your family, your relatives, pictures of deceased on there, okay? Another way is you could put um, fetishes or instruments, okay, of things they had, like, you know, jewelry or baseball gloves, if that's what they were into. If you have anything of theirs, you could set it up in and around the altar, okay? Always have a candle. The candle is the gateway. It's the gateway from this dimension into the next, okay? This is why a, clan, a candle flickers, and between that flicker is the actual porthole. That may be too deep. So let, me, let me change something. Yeah, it's too, anyway. too deep, brother. That's yeah, very yeah. strange. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so you have a candle on there, okay? And <clears throat> you basically speak to your spirits, as if you're talking to a person. See, what I, 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 I noticed this. Because we have this fucking religious bullshit inside of us. It's so bad that when people create an altar, they start talking to their grandma as if she was no longer grandma. And they start right. talking to her as if she was Jesus or some shit. Exactly. Oh, art thou grandmother. Oh, how thou <laughs> wishest you. What? They could cut the shit, because when your grandmother was here, you would not say that. Your grandmother probably cut your ass out, okay? So you talk to her as if she was still here, or granddad, whatever, whoever. You talk to them as if they were still the same person living here, okay? This is establishing a connection between you and that spirit of your relatives, okay? Now... We said be careful for a reason because there's spirits that can also try to pass themselves off as your as your family, okay? Mm-hmm. Very That's slick correct. fuckers over there. And I'm going to tell you why that, that happens. Remember, you have spirits that have evolved and some who haven't. Some are still trapped more to the earthly realm 
because they um, are still heavily attracted to the material things of the earth. So because of that, they never totally evolved after their transition. So they hover around earth and they hover around things that they really like. There's some spirits that will hover around bars. Okay, there's some spirits that hover around clubs. There's some spirit dance clubs that is, okay? There's spirits that hover around a lot of different places. Now, so, real quick, brother, before you move on, on that same note, because what you're talking about, I want to be clear, in some spiritual circles, uh, spiritual systems, uh, there's a term that they'll use for those spirits, the ones that you're describing now. Um, but we can focus on two, specters and ghouls. And the reason why I bring the specters up the specters are those spirits, as you just said, they're not fully evolved. They're, they're kind of disembodied here. They're in that transition from, you know, making that, I hate to use that word spiritual realm because it's, it's fucking religious, but they're still they in that transition. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're still in that transitional state. They have not completely shed their connection to this realm. There's still things here they're connected to, so they get... People will term that as being disembodied spirits, trapped between this realm and, as you said, the, the, uh, you know, the next realm, Ohio State of Consciousness. So what tends to happen is to keep them alive here, they gravitate towards people such as you're saying. They can pass themselves off as other spirits because they have the ability to tap into your subconscious mind and read your thoughts. So exactly. people always ask me, when a spirit presents itself to me, how do I know, for example, this is how you like real sense. Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> when somebody had asked me recently, and I get this question a lot, well, if I'm, if I'm doing a ritual or I'm in a state of meditation and I see something that appears to be, say, my great-grandmother or my grandmother, how do I really know that that's my grandmother? That's a great question. And person was looking for some real long, deep, heavy, intense answer, and it's very simple by saying something basic as, spirit, reveal your true self to me. And what will happen is if that is not the correct thing or, or what you're seeing is an illusion, that will automatically metamorphosize into what it really is. It's that simple. It's not even that heavy. It's not even that deep. But if you get sucked into the moment and you're, you're, you're not really focused on what you're doing, these specters can read your mind and appear to you based on the thoughts that you're transmitting. And if you look up the word specter, it's something that scans, something that probes. This is why that spirit is identified with those specific characteristics. This is what you got to be careful of. Um, so I want to throw that in there. That's just one. I mean, you can find different explanations and definitions in different systems, but one that you will find uh, that's familiar with what Ravana Noon is talking about right now are specters. But anyway, I want to throw that in there real quick. Exactly. And, and, to, continue, and to add a little bit more to that, um, this is also why some people will say, I saw um, the Virgin Mother Mary, I saw Jesus, I saw uh, Obatala, I saw Oshun. You did. Nah, nigga. <laughs> you saw it, in essence, <laughs> but what you saw was a specter passing itself off as the very thing that you wanted to see the most. That's right. And when they do that, they're basically passing themselves off as that because it opens you up. You open yourself up automatically when you give in to, okay, this is Opatala. So now all your host wishes and dreams have now opened you up for total uh, submerging into you. That's why 
when we do the the bembe or the drumming ritual down in Miami, okay, this is why we watch closely what's happening around because that's one of the times that that specters can and will inhabit a person. That's right. And sometimes there's certain things you have to say to that individual when they're uh, lack of a better word, being uh, incarnated in, okay, you have to know what to say if it, in fact, is not the very spirit that should be there, you can tell. You have to be able to draw that spirit out. Because if not, it can wreak havoc on that person. Not just havoc in the sense of spiritual havoc. We're talking about physical havoc. It can harm the body, okay? And mentally. Mentally. Yeah, exactly. And see, this this is why it's important that when you take um, a stroll down this path that is not just dibble and dabble and, oh, I just want to check this out, see how it is. And then you start working with the ancestral reverence and you think, oh, I got this figured out. I'm so melanated. You know, I'm so original. I'm so pro-black. I'm so everything. That this is just going to happen to me naturally because I'm, I, I, I inhabit the originality. Listen, fuckface. No. Okay? If you don't know what you're doing, you're going to just hurt yourself. Period. I don't care how dark skinned you are, how melanated, how originated you are. That's all irrelevant. You have to know what you're doing on this path. You have to. This is not like when we were, when we were discussing other paths uh, um, and, and systems that can be utilized on the left-hand path. This is a little more something serious. Okay? And the reason we say that is because, boy, you tapping into some serious shit. Okay, let me tell you. I've, and Benita, we worked in a collectivist group doing work like this, and we worked as individuals. And even as an individual, when you work this, you still have to be careful. Because sometimes right. you can feel that shit try, trying to take over you. It's happened <laughs> to myself and it's happened to Benita before you. You start feeling a change taking place. You start feeling your consciousness altering. You're like, wait, wait a second, hold on now. I gotta, I gotta catch myself, and I gotta correct this before I open it up too much, and something that I don't want to come through comes through. Okay? See, these Satanists and these fools, they they think that they 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 they're so left-handed and they're so this, and they're like, oh, we call on you as Azul, we call on you these. And see. <laughs> All hell, Satan, open the gates of hell. See, that's all. That sounds good. And they do that because they're so anti-Christian to say that. Them fuckers have no idea what they're doing, most of them. I'm telling you now, they do not have no fucking clue what they're doing. Because you can fuck around with shit like that and actually open up some shit that's just sitting there waiting that's going to fucking actually pass itself off as that and fuck your whole world up. I've now, real quick, brother, real, real, quick, real quick on that same note, the reason why, like you say, what you just said, the reason why all of that is precepted on your fears, and I want to be crystal clear on this, what do you, when you say the, the, when people are doing that, don't know what they're doing, open themselves up, because subconsciously there are still fears in your subconscious mind. You might be saying on the surface that you're identifying it in this perspective, 
But these energies know deep down in your subconscious mind there's still that fear there of how you're approaching it. So it feeds, the energy feeds off of that fear, and it taps into that aspect. And this is why, again, this is why it's very critical when doing the work. And what I also want to, and I want you to continue, but what I want to get into next after that is the difference. What is possession of a spirit? What is the difference of worshiping a spirit or a deity slash archetype? Two different things. We'll discuss that. <laughs> or, or raising your vibration up to embody the aspect of energy of those spirits or archetypes. There's a difference. But I just want to be, what you just said, I want to be clear. What causes that disconnect or that confusion in the process is the fear, not the fear you're aware of on the surface, the fear subconsciously that's logged in your subconscious mind that you have not brought to the surface. Because like, like Brother Ravonna Noon said, yeah, you, you know, you might think, ah, oh, well, how many times, Brother, have we heard this bullshit? Before we started a ritual, oh, we, we did, matter of fact, we just heard it uh, the last one we did. Oh, no, I'm, I work with my ancestors, right? We, we just heard that one again. Yeah. For, for like, I know who my ancestors are. I work with them all the time. Look, mother, okay. cut the shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. go ahead. I, didn't, I just don't want to throw that in there. We'll get into that no, part next. But, that's what we're going to get in. But that's a, that's a key point because... Um, you know, we, we bring this up because we've heard so much crap on this conscious coon crap. And they swear they're so this, they swear they're so that. But they they really don't understand how deep the black magical sciences of Africa really go. They don't understand that when you, let's say, are contacting your spirits, these spirits, now we told you, that's not about the negative side of the spirit. So let's talk to you about the positive side of the spirit. That's it. Okay? Let's do that. Just using those loose terms because there really is no positive or negative. Just using terms people know. Perception, that's all, brother. That's right. These spirits can help you <laughs> do a mass amount of things, okay? For example, these spirits can open doorways for you. Why? Because these spirits are a higher state of consciousness and vibration than you are right now, okay? You're still more dense. You're more in a physical body, which is more dense. They vibrate higher. And see, when you can vibrate at a higher frequency, then we get into science again, brother. Anyway, you vibrate. That's heavy, brother. That's heavy. Very, very, uh, very, very spiritual, brother. Very spiritual. (laughs) If you vibrate at a higher frequency, you break what is considered the time barrier, which is basically all based upon perception because the time barrier is really something man created. There is no past, present, and future as you vibrate at a higher frequency. You can tap into all three because they simultaneously all exist. Brother, now, brother, I'm sorry. Say, brother, brother, yeah, stop yeah. there. I'm sorry because you must got ESPN again, brother. You must got yeah, ESPN. I do. I do. Because I on that note, you're going to continue. I want you to freeze that thought for one second because, man, like I said, brother, you got ESPN, brother. You got ESPN. And as you was talking... Prior to before that, I actually left for a minute and went back to the last ritual we did, and it was like I was just there. But check this out. This was an email that I just got the other day because it, it, it ties exactly into what you're just saying. And if I don't know if this person is listening to the show right now. If you are, uh, type in if it's, if it's you. I'm just going to go by the name that I have here. And it's nothing private that I can't share. Um, this, was the, this was the email that I got. It says, hey, Brother Beniti. My name is Mike, same name as me, so he's, he's got to be a good dude. He's got the same name as me. Let me stop. 
I'm from Southern California. I've been watching all of your videos on YouTube. I've been on my own path for the past few years, and I have many personal experiences and results. Lately, things have been progressing for me, and that's when I found your videos. A lot of what you say hits home with me. Listen to his experience, though. I want to say thank you. You taught me some new info and confirmed some things I already felt and experienced. I know you're busy, but I have blah, blah, blah. Can we skip this shit? All right, here's his experience. When I was 17, I overdosed at a party and had a near-death experience. I want you all to pay attention to this because it ties into what you were just talking about, brother, and then I'm going to let you finish, where I experienced complete darkness and nothingness. I was alone in the void with only my awareness slash thoughts, and I mean completely out of the body, without any human senses. Time didn't exist to me. Let's say that again. Time didn't exist to me. I was well aware of the party, my life thus far, et cetera. I was terrified. I still remember it like it was yesterday. Now, this happened in 1994. I'm going to read the second part of this. The body was unconscious, but I was spiritually conscious. Let me say that again. The body was unconscious, but I was spiritually conscious. We're talking about breaking three-dimensional. Watch this. For a minute, yet it seemed timeless. I was brought up a Catholic but didn't experience anything like that. I experienced nothingness. Do you have any insight on this matter? All right? That was his email to me. I responded to him yesterday. Here's my response to him. And I'm going to tell you what he responds. And, if, and, and, and obviously, I keep it short, straight to the point. I don't get into this long, drawn-out moosing response and trying to yeah. sound all heavy and, you know, fuck that. Like, you're writing, so like this, you're writing a book. Yeah, exactly. So this was my response to this brother. It says, greetings. It sounds like to me your near-death experience, you broke the barrier of third density and the frequency of your vibration was not confound to person, place, or thing, explaining the void and darkness and being isolated in your thoughts. That's why he felt that, because he still was conscious not conscious as we're sitting here right now and say your, your knee itches. So the brain, there's thoughts that are triggered to the brain that says, take your finger and scratch your knee. That's a different. That's not what we're talking about. That is just voluntary actions that you're normally going to do. We're talking about involuntary actions sometimes, or you term it involuntary that you can't control. But listen, then, it, then I told him this. I said, now if you were doing a drug that was an hallucinogen, it works off the hypocampus area of your brain, which is directly involved for experiencing higher or altered states of consciousness. Hope this helped a bit. Peace. That was my response to him. So here was his response today. He wrote me back this morning. It says, uh, yo, Brother Beniti, thanks for the reply and information. Man, that is interesting. I stupidly, listen to this, I stupidly inhaled computer cleaner. This dude's fucking nuts, man. And again, if you're listening, <laughs> Now, mind, it is back in 1994. He's 40 years old today. Um, but, hey, but at least he's, he's addressing it. I, I, <laughs> I stupidly inhaled computer cleaner since they ran out of laughing gas, which they were selling in balloons. Man, this shit was intense. I passed out flat on the face, couldn't even break my fall, and split my chin open. Instantly, I experienced the void and my racing thoughts. I couldn't see, hear, feel, smell anything. I tried to clench the fist, but nothing was there. Felt like I, was, I could have been there for years. Towards the end of the experience, I saw like a white asterisk symbol to start spinning faster and faster. Now, when you, when you talk about what we talk about, the, uh, uh, what you call the vital life force, some call it the etheric cord, um, that was where he was disconnecting at that, at that moment. Trust me when I tell you, he was getting ready to go. And I can then hear loud ringing. I tried to stop all this, but I couldn't. I thought, oh, shit. This is what everyone goes through. Then my senses came back little by little. My friend sat me down. I tripped out in what I just experienced as the trend was dripping blood. 
I passed out before and after this, but nothing remotely close to what I went through at the party. This was in 1994. Makes me 40 now. But anyway, thanks again, Mike. All right, I bring that up because of what you just said, breaking, when you talk about density, vibration, frequency, when the vibrational rate speeds up at a high frequency, you become less dense. This is how the separation is I mean, even as I'm talking about it right now, I get goosebumps. This is how the separation is created. This is how you start to, if you want to use various forms of astrally travel, ascending, whatever fucking term you want, but this is when you really start tapping into what we're talking about. But anyway, I wanted to throw that in there because of what. Yeah, right on point. Yeah, what I, you I have to about. catch you because I, I don't want you to astral plane. I got to go get you. No, 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 don't, don't. Don't, I don't want to do that either, brother. I don't want to do it. But when you were just talking, I swear, let me tell you something, man. To show you how powerful this is when you tap into When you were just talking before this, I, everything just like, I didn't hear anything. Everything went silent, and I went straight to the last ritual we just did. I was just there dancing the whole nine while you were just talking, literally while you were just talking prior to this. But that's a whole other story. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that's, that perfectly connects, like, to everything we were just saying, you, this is what happens. You, you, you basically break the sound barrier, time barrier. All that shit is broken because your vibrations faster. You, you. So what happens is essentially when you pass from this physical realm to the next realm, your uh, energy body. So energy bodies are not constrained by the limitations of a physical body. Okay. Uh-huh. So you can draw anything to you. You already have to understand, as a physical living being, you are a magnet for everything. That means you're a magnet for bacteria. You're a magnet for specters, spirits. You're uh, a magnet for anything and everything that's in and around you, whether you can see it or not. Okay? So essentially when you work this angle of, you know, ancestral reverence, which is really a form of magic, these spirits are able to do things for you, like, for example, oh, I need assistance with my job. I've tried all this, this, that, 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 the other. Okay. And you may literally, truly have done it. But what the spirit does first is it checks you out. What I mean by that, it, it starts to give you remedies to fix your own bullshit. Okay? You'll get a lot of times you'll receive this in forms of dreams. Until you become more advanced and you start hearing it instantaneously in a ritual, okay? But a lot of times you hear it in the form of dreams, and they'll start telling you what you need to do to work on yourself. Problem is, people don't want to hear that shit because they want some shit to be done for them, some magical shit where they can stay lazy and not improve themselves. The spirit is going to address your shit that you've got stored in your subconscious mind is going to bring that shit forth, okay? But in another case, it could also run ahead and try to um, give you the formula for your job. In other words, it can see into what's going to happen and, and prepare you for that. Spirits can help relationships. Or they could fuck them up, depending if they like the person or not you're with. Remember that shit, too. Because these spirits, they have a funny sense of humor. Trust me, their shit is not the same humor that we have. Okay? This is why on the show we constantly say, don't get what you want. 
You're going to get what you need. And that's what these spirits do. They're going to give you what you need, buddy. Not necessarily what you want. Okay? So these spirits can do a multitude of things. Um, and I, I felt it was necessary to say that because we told you all the, the warnings of working with spirits. And now we're telling you the benefits of working with spirits. Just about anything and everything you can think about, these spirits can do especially your familial or ancestral spirits, because they are connected to you by DNA, vibration, and frequency, okay? So they are able to hear, speak, and communicate with you on different levels than a, uh, another spirit could, and they can assist you in ways better, okay? So it is important to understand that when you do this kind of work and not mistake it for working with archetypes, or what loosely is known as gods, goddesses, and all the shit you want to worship, um, when most of the time the shit that's really happening in your life is either self-created or you get sometimes little assistance from your familial spirit ancestors. Okay? Take it away, brother. Good point. So now what I want to get into, that segues into, let's talk about in a lot of these spiritual systems we mentioned, uh, you know, rituals, uh, bembe's, drum ceremonies. Um, as you know, most of these traditions, um, the drums are a heavy aspect that are incorporated, one of the most important things. Um, reason for is because the intensity, the vibration and frequencies of the drums is what draws these spirits and energies down. Um, when one actually taps into we always hear on the surface the importance of the drum in African culture and spirituality because it's actually a communication tool as we know, we have one drum called, literally it's called the talking drum, um, which as we know in reading history uh, or studying history, we know it, the talking drum was called that because it was literally used as a communication tool. Certain patterns and rhythms could be played and they were able to be deciphered, the meaning of them, because they held the significance. I bring that up because when certain patterns and rhythms are played for certain archetypes, it starts to draw down the energy of that archetype. Now, last week we talked about neutrinos. We talked about how they are, they, they, how fast that they travel, an influx of consciousness, and how it can just engulf the subconscious mind, and that can be confused for something external. So I want to I clarify this because what tends to happen is we can't still identify this with uh, worship. Now, when we say ancestral worship, that's honoring something that's connected to you. Now, when we say all is mental, mental is all, sometimes people get that confusion, and they say, well, I'm experiencing something that's creating or it's showing itself to be happening outside of myself. Yes, it's creating that, or, 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 or the vision or, or the illusion that's happening, but it's still all connected. You still have to tap into your super, super conscious mind to access the experience. So if you're, if, you're, if you're having a visual of something in front of you, be it an ancestor, spirit, archetype, and you're seeing something, we're not saying you're not seeing it, but we're explaining you're seeing it based on everything that's stored in your subconscious mind. Now let me, we're talking let me about add archetypes. this real quick. Let me yeah, add this real quick. <clears throat> uh, quantum mechanics or quantum physics, uh, specifically has gone into this discussion uh, that Brother Bernini is now sharing with you all. And quantum physics says, clearly, 
that the observer, the observer creates what they perceive, meaning if I'm looking at an object ahead of me, there's literally about a thousand different, let's say I'm looking at a stop sign, there's about a thousand different stop signs vibrating at several frequencies um, at one time. My perception, when I look at it and perceive it, causes all of those frequencies and those different stop signs to merge into one thing, okay? So your observation or your viewing of something, in essence, is when it makes it true. In other words, none of that shit is really true until I observe it. So if I have a vision of a spirit, it doesn't really exist until I observe it in my with my perception, then it becomes something that is a reality, but it's happening within my mind because the observation is taking place within my mind utilizing the five senses, okay? Preferably in this discussion, your eyesight, okay? So that object is not real until I perceive it with my eyes, and then that vibration frequency flows down to create the object that I'm trying to view. So this is also correlated to spirit. Yes, it's vibrations, frequencies all around you, but it's all still created from your mind. And when you observe that object, that perception within your mind is going to make that object real to you at that moment. And to that point, it's not real because it's still all happening within your mind. Excellent point. So let's now, again, clarify the difference between what we term as possession or what we term as some will use the term being mounted by a spirit or an archetype or a deity. See, the difference in this path is you are working yourself up to becoming or embodying the aspect, the consciousness, and the energy of what that deity represents. That's the difference between externally worshiping something or worshiping and venerating something on a level like, like we just discussed. So when, when, when we say worship, okay, that doesn't mean to grovel in front of statues. And I want, I want to stress this. We heard us say this a million times. When you're working your altar and you're working these rituals, I want to make this clear. Statues are just a focal point or a symbol of what that archetypal energy represents, whether it's ancestral, whether it's a specific pantheon, you should not be worshiping the statue. Yep. Just like, 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 like Ravon was saying earlier about the candle, it represents the gateway, especially when you're burning the black family. It, rep- it represents the black flame or the gateway to higher states of consciousness. These symbols, when worked with correctly, is what brings about these altered state of consciousness. So, if you're working with Baron Samedi, you, you're gonna see some shit we're gonna do on the. You're gonna see some shit we're gonna do on the 24th. I, I ain't gonna ruin it, but when you're working with Baron Samedi, for an example, we use this. Okay, we know he deals like he one of the crossroad deities deals with the dead, uh, works with uh, the spirits at the cemetery, works with those involved in black magic, etc. Uh, there's a sexual energy to Baron Samedi. Works with the sex force. Uh, two things obsessed with the sex force and death. Not in a bad way, because on the, on the surface that might sound like, wow, that sounds crazy. It's not. It's just for an example, 
if you embody all the characteristics, symbols, their sigils, all these things that are affiliated with this archetype is what enhances the presence and energy of that archetype, which when one taps into correctly by way of that, by the pattern and the rhythm and the drums being played for that archetype, then it brings about what one would term possession or, uh, you know, being receptive to an incarnation of the energy or consciousness that that archetype represents. And this is why, like when we said earlier, when we are at these rituals, we look and we can tell and we'll say, yeah, okay, they're catching, that's the spirit they're catching or what we're working with. And all that one's catching the specter, I see it coming. Uh, my favorite are the ones that sit there and fight it. I love that shit. Yeah, I they love start twitching, but they don't get up. <laughs> you can see their whole body twitching, their foot tapping, their neck, their neck is and they fight, side yeah. to side. But, but they just fighting it. Why? <clears throat> well, usually it's because you think you're too cool. You're too, uh, you know, you're the, you're the man or you're the, you're the woman and, I, I'm too cool for this. You know, I don't want to look crazy like that. There is no such thing as looking crazy in anything when it comes related to rituals or things like that. Because if you think you look crazy, you still got a long way to go on this shit. If you're still worried about how you look, how your people perceive you, you got a long way to go. That's some shit you should be working on and not worrying about some magical shit yet, working on the real subconscious magic of correcting the views that you have about yourself how you see yourself, how you down yourself, how you put yourself down because you're limited. Why the fuck is this possum staring at me? God damn it. Anyway, let me move from that fucker. All right, go ahead, brother. Yeah. So, uh, again, we want to differentiate the difference between the two because we don't want to, you can't, you can't look at it as if, again, when approaching this, this path or this work, that, that you're, you're again back to external worship. Because we hear people say stupid shit like, <laughs> we hear people say dumb shit like uh, uh, a deity spoke to them. Or, or oh yeah, Kali <laughs> told me, Kali told me that, you know, I'm supposed to gyrate and throb every time I see a, uh, uh, a fire hose. I'm supposed to run up to, yeah, really? No, that's just your craziness coming out. That's not Kylie telling you to do shit. But people don't understand or realize because simple fact is people suffer from worship. They want to still worship something. Let me tell you something. I start getting to the point sometimes where I don't even want to fucking look at a motherfucking statue, okay? I get to the point sometimes I don't want to even be bothered with that and I'm only the only reason I feel like that is because as my growth and evolution continues, I started to realize how much people are dependent on archetypes and how less or how little how little they are dependent on themselves. When do you become the archetype is my question. When do you literally become the archetype? For example, and I'm going to tie this right back in. For example, Baron Samedi. As the Creoles say, or the Haitian Creoles say, Baun Samti, right? When, when, do you, when you work with that and you understand it, Baun Samti or Baron Samti, how is he related to the left-hand path? First of all, when that archetype comes forth, he's very vulgar, okay? Cusses the shit out of people. Not in a demeaning way, but in a humorous way. Okay, um, likes to fucking be very sexual, 
All right. Uh, all the things that are considered immoral in society is what Baron Samedi does. Now, understand this. In the left-hand path, it's about breaking borders, boundaries, limitations. And Baron Samedi does that because he's basically saying, I'm, I'm not in the physical world. I've passed beyond this physical world. I can't be limited by the thoughts, the minds, the morals, and principles of a limited mindset within the physical world. Isn't that everything you're trying to reach on a left-hand path? Trying not to be uh, put into a box, defined, limited, controlled in any way, shape, form, or fashion. So when you work that and you bring the rhythms to a, a, a frequent, high-paced pitch, you embody that consciousness, you literally become that for the moment. Now the trick is, it's not just doing it for the moment. How do you retain that and be oh, that every day? You understand? Right. And that's this right. is why the archetypes are used, because when you have the statue there, it's a constant reminder, this is the level I should be obtaining to. Not the statue. That's not the level you're obtaining to, damn it. You're, uh, you're trying to reach the level of what the statue or the symbolism of that archetype represents, which is breaking borders, boundaries, limitations, not being controlled, defined by the physical. You understand? There is no mental limitations. You put all that shit on yourself. You understand? The morality of human beings, how we're so moral, but yet we're so fucked up at the same time. You understand what I'm saying? The, the contradiction. Mm -hmm. You're trying to break free from all of that. So when you use that archetype of, let's say, Baron Smith, and the reason we're doing that is because that's the ritual we're going to go uh, to towards the end of this month, and we're just preparing people for that. It, it encompasses all of the attributes you want. But here's why. Because most of y'all really, really are not that without the ritual. What, let me repeat that again slowly in case you missed it. The ritual helps to help people embody that archetype, that energy, those attributes, because they're really not living that day to day. Okay? So that's your one moment to let it all hang out. Then when the ritual is over, you can see people all trying to get it together, straighten out, you know what I'm saying, fix their hair, check their makeup. You know, all this shit, they just can't stay in that chaotic moment, you know? They still can't be wild. They, they got to fucking, you see this all the time. It's like, damn, people, y'all just don't get it sometimes. The ritual is to bring that primal chaotic energy, the fucking attributes to the highest level. As soon as this is over, y'all go back to your same ways. Now you got to straighten out your clothes. You got to do this, check your hair, make sure everything. What are you doing? What was the purpose of you even doing the ritual for them? Hmm? So that you can just act for a moment, let go for a moment, and then, oh, I got to catch myself and be, be, you know, this proper person. You know, I know my ancestors. I know who they are. Okay, nigga. Yeah. That was the best. But, that was my favorite. So at that moment when you, when you were mounted, you were, you were fucking gyrating and humping a goddamn chair. But then <laughs> that shit leaves you, and all of a sudden you weren't doing none of that shit. I'm better than that. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? This is what people do all the time. 
And so the the ritual basically helps you bypass. Remember we say this all the time on the show. Rituals help you alter your state of consciousness so you can bypass the conscious mind. What literally is the conscious mind? I think it's important to discuss this briefly. The conscious mind is the aware mind of what's happening. Now, it's the difference between the conscious mind and self-conscious mind. Because self-conscious mind is self-awareness, not just self-awareness of, oh, my leg is throbbing, okay? That's still awareness on a conscious level. We're talking about self-awareness of the shit that you are or not, the things that you created yourself to be and the things you really are to be, okay? Two differences. That self-consciousness is what allows or doesn't allow people to reach that next level of growth or stage of growth in their life because they're too self-conscious of what people think about them, of what people are going to say about them. Oh, my God, sister, I saw you. You were humping three guys in a ritual. It's a fucking ritual, okay? That's when you're letting loose and letting everything go. So right after, here we go with our conscious mind judging everything we did at the ritual. Instead of realizing the ritual was to help you break free from that and not do the very thing you started to do right after the ritual. You understand? It's about altering your state of consciousness so that you can stop being so uh, aware of all the fucking uh, perceptions people have of you, of how you view yourself. All that shit is bypassed. Now you're working on some ninth level shit on how to open and alter your state of consciousness to embody the very thing you say you're living. So when we do this ritual at the end of the month, we'll see how many of y'all really live in this shit or y'all just pretending to live this shit. Mm. Yeah, and, and again, uh, I'm sorry, I left for a minute, man, but... Yeah, yeah, you took off, when, when I heard you. Yeah, when you, when you were talking, but... um. That's important to understand. Now, we took, we, when you were talking about symbols again and, and bypassing and using it as a, 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 you know, as a tool, okay, and this is the proper way to look at this. We, we mentioned last week when we were talking about three archetypes. We, we mentioned last week, uh, I believe it was Sekhmet, Kali, and Set, for an example. Uh, one implement that they all have in common, as we said last week, is the Peshket knife. Uh, which is a knife of, it creates separation. You, you see them holding it um, because they use that. You see, as we described last week, Callie has the severed head in her hand. You see the blood dripping on the plate beneath her. She is a uh, a deity that Mommy. represents, what's up, buddy? What happened? Mommy, it's Okay, you'll be okay. That's, I'm sorry, that's my little guy. Um, the Peshket Knight represents separation, and you'll see all of them use it for that. Kali is a, is, a, is a deity of separation. And what we mean when we say separation, so for an example, if you have that archetype, when you're focusing on that image, you're separating from all of the shit that's holding you back, that's restraining you, that, that you thought was good for you. Like we said, when we say this brings about the change you need, not the change you want, it brings to the surface all the stuff that you thought might have been good for you actually wasn't. So Callie comes with that pesket knife, just like Set does, 
And that's why I said it's one of or the most venerated deity on this path because of what it represents and the energy that it represents. All, and same thing with Sekhmet. These all represent states of isolated consciousness. When one taps into the isolated consciousness, they're able to evolve into their true potential. The ritual brings that all, uh, all about. When you're tapping into, again, higher states of consciousness, some, some people say, well, I saw somebody and they went into a trance. That's just another term for that. That means they've locked into the energy of that spirit, of that archetype, of that energy, whatever, whatever they're working with at that time. So you should be focused on, again, not externally worshiping it, but embodying the aspects and the energy of what that archetype deity represents. Now, back to ancestral worship for a quick second now. How does this correlate? Because similar experiences, but not quite the same thing. Okay, I want to stress that. Because (laughs) ancestral spirits, when getting connected to them or tapping into the energy of them, uh, you're going to find it's a little bit more Un, unrestricted free-for-all. Now, I want to, uh, well, let me explain what, what, what I mean by that. We're not just talking about now direct bloodline ancestors because now we're talking about whatever's running, the blood that's running through your veins. If, like, give me an example. If you did a DNA uh, uh, tree, whatever they call it, right, and you find out what your DNA is comprised of. Let's say you did it and you have a, a, a lot of Native American or Peruvian spirits or Nigerian or, 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 because it will break down the haplogroups and exactly where you're connected to. Know when you're working any goon ceremony, for an example, strictly oh, yeah. for the ancestors, you are going to draw all of those energies that are connected to you in your blood. So I want to make this clear. We're not just talking about direct generation of family ancestors that you can identify from your immediate mother and father on back to several generations back to great-grandparents, et cetera, whatever blood is running through your vein, as you start to evolve on the path, especially in a ritual, as those drums intensify, as the movements intensify, as the energy is drawn down, you're going to tap into all of that stuff. And that's what I mean when I say it can be a little bit more uh, free-for-all in the sense that it's, uh, it's vast. So you'll be surprised, and then you see when somebody actually taps into it, this is why different types of energies come through at those particular rituals. You'll see Native American spirits come through because there's people in that room that, ha- that are connected to Native American spirits. You'll see the spirits of witches and people that practice witchcraft come through. You'll see Congo spirits come through. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. That's the purpose of an Igun ceremony because the Igun ceremonies, there's really no restriction. There's really no limitation because in that room when you're conducting that ceremony, all the various different personalities, characteristics, spiritual energies that are running through people's DNA, if anybody in that room is concentrated and focused and is tapping in and is really focused on the ritual, you will see them embody the spirit. And how can you tell and identify? Real simple. When you, when you, when you discipline yourself, the naked eye can literally see by identifying the movements of how the person is moving, behaving, facial expressions, body reactions, the whole nine. And you can tell what energy is working through that person. And I'm telling you, we've seen at Egon ceremonies all the aforementioned above. So we've got to be clear when we're working with ancestral worship, though 
it's always good, and you create your own system. I I I, I take mine for an example. Anytime I'm uh, placating or propitating my ancestors, I always take my eagle staff and 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 bang it on the floor three times, and I'll mention the ones by name. I'll identify all by name when I first start, and then I would say after that, and I also acknowledge all of those spiritual ancestors by blood and not by direct blood that I'm not aware of, that I'm not aware of. Yep. So that's yep. including everybody or everything that's attached to you. You know what happens when you start to do that? As you progress on the path, then more start to come forward and identify themselves. I found out after that specific Indian spirits, chiefs by name, a gladiator spirit from medieval times. The list goes on and on and on. Things will start to be revealed to you, and now you can actually specifically invoke them in detail, in depth. So this is the purpose. This is why we're saying the veneration of the ancestors is key on this path because when one's able to tap into it correctly, like I said, we, earlier we were talking about all of the, you know, things you should be cautious of, but look, these are the great things uh, that one can tap into and have the great potential of working with when done correctly. So this is why we said there's nothing to fuck around with, it's nothing you want to play with. Um, and I'm not saying, I mean, most people that tune into us and listen to us regularly, you know, for the most part, we would, we would like to think that they're consistent in what they do, but there are the few knuckleheads. And, and again, man, we know people that we knew back in the 80s and the 90s, and they just got involved in a bunch of shit, and, and some of them are just not right today because they just didn't approach it in the right frame of mind. It's nothing. Now, again, don't, you don't want to approach it all rigid and stiff and scared and fearful, because that'll fuck you up too. So that's not what we're saying. We're just saying be clear in what you're doing. Come with respect. Come with respect. Be sincere. And if there's something that you don't know or unsure of, say that in your invocation because that's part of fueling your intent. Because if you're not clear on your intent, by not being clear on your intent opens the doorway to specters, to ghouls, to disembodied spirits. Things that can know that you have a weakness and a gap there, and they just look for that opening where, boom, they can come in. This is why people get committed to, to psychiatry. They, hear, they start hearing walk-ins and voices in their heads. And it's not that they're not hearing it. They are. When you hear somebody that says they hear voices in their head, they really are hearing voices in their head, but they're just not able to facilitate it correctly. What it is is they basically open themselves up to something they were not receptive to. It. Liken it to this. We talked about this on a show a while back. Liken it to this. What happens to a computer when you overload the hard drive? What happens to it? What does it do? It crashes. Correct? That's right. It overloads. It crashes. The same thing works in this spiritual system. If you overload your subconscious mind, meaning you start filling it with stuff that you have not prepared yourself for, that's what tends to happen to you. So we tend to call it, not we, us in in, on this path, but people that are not tapped into any level of spirituality, they label these people crazy, insane, out of their mind, nuts, fanatics. And in essence, it appears to be that way on the surface, but basically they just opened a porthole, a dimension to different energies and frequencies that they just were not prepared for. So it causes these states of delirium or delusion. So they say, I, mean, I hear voices, or something told me to do this. Or they just start not taking care of themselves. They don't care about their physical appearance no more. 
they start to lose weight or they're not eating or they overeat um, because I've seen it work both ways. I've seen people get fat as fuck tapping into certain energies, and I've, I've watched people, I'm serious, I've watched they, they people tap, just... Yeah. They tapped into Pillsbury Doughboy. Yeah, they tapped into fucking, uh, yeah. And then I've seen people where they just stopped eating altogether. It can affect you physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. But that's not, in essence, what happened. When people look at it, all of a sudden, that person's crazy. No, it's not that they're crazy. It's what we just mentioned. So that's the cautionary aspect of it. But I can guarantee you this. If you approach it the correct way, you will have no problem. If you approach yeah. it the correct way. You don't, will don't have think no you problem. Shit. No, don't come yeah. to this. And let me stress this. Do not come to this thinking you're the shit. Because you will quickly get humbled, not by us, by your own ancestral spirits or anything else that shows or wants to show itself, okay? I'll give you an example. There's people who come, and let's, let's use an extreme case. There's these extreme pro-black fools, right? They come to an igun ceremony, and all of a sudden they find out that, um, let's say they had some fucking Nordics in them from from Norway. And they jet black. Yeah, they're jet black, but they, they this 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 ancestor spirit comes out of them from Norway. See, they'll think, oh, you're deceiving me, you're lying to me. No, nigga, you're lying to yourself. This is what came through you when the proper ritual was done to contact and bring down the ancestral spirit. Now, you can choose to accept it or not. That's your prerogative. But it is what it is. It is what has come to through to reveal itself, and you should acknowledge that and learn to work with it. The problem is we have too many preconceived notions, too many preconceived notions, too many fucking philosophies and ideologies that we bring into this, and one of the first things I learned in this, you have to let all that shit go. You empty out your cup of all the things you think you know, and you just let it ride because you have no clue what can come out of you. You really don't. You think you do, but you don't. I've seen in the goon ceremonies where somebody had Chinese come out of them. How the fuck are you so blue-black, but you have Chinese spirit coming out of you? They started talking Chinese. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. And one thing that happens in some of these goon ceremonies, people actually start to speak those languages that their ancestors are uh, connecting them with. They actually will speak a different language. And you'll be looking around like, what the fuck is this guy saying? Or what is she saying? That's the ancestors communicating through there. Commonly, you'll see Native American spirits come through. Okay? This is why when uh, we were in Santerio Lakumi, okay, or Ifa, one of the things they always do before the ceremony starts, is they honor the Native American ancestors, they honor the European ancestors, they honor the African and the Asian. Now, they may use different names in Spanish when they do it or whatever language it's being conducted in, but essentially that's who they're honoring, okay? They can say the Spaniards, the, the Taino, same shit, nigga. Native American, European, African, and Asian. This is what the, and it's always done purposely. Because you are some way, somehow, usually connected to one of those things or all of those things. In today's world, I would say more commonly you're connected to at least three or four of those things. Okay? So, you, so but let, 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 let me say this real quick. You know how it's, they're quick to say in conscious circles, 
to white folks that all white folks, you know, if they shake their tree, they come from Africans. And that's true because obviously we know Africans were here first. But we don't consider with all of this mixing that has taken place, we're a byproduct of generations after of this mixing. So why would you walk around thinking, this is why people sometimes get taken back, like, like Rabana Noon was just saying, you could be dark-skinned, jet black, buckshot Afro, and in your mind you're thinking, I'm pure African. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not connected to nothing. But, yeah, I, 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 done, I, I can't be connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not connected to nothing but pure dark-skinned African yeah. people. Probably. And then, matter of fact, I'll get him on the call in a minute. I got a brother on this call right now. Good brother of mine, Mike's on this call. And uh, he was at an ego and ceremony a couple years back, and I'll get him on the call in a little bit later. And he found out he had a Scottish ancestor, a Scottish mm-hmm. man, that he actually works with to this day. Now, Brother Mike is from the Caribbean. Uh, he's Brother Satuk on the call. You all know him as Brother Satuk. And you see Brother Mike at all the rituals drumming with us, uh, Brother Mike and Jack. Um, and Brother Mike looks like he could be straight out of Nigeria. I mean, yep. dark skin. Got you know dreads. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, when you look at the brother, it's just he's Africa. So he was taken back by it for a quick minute. I mean, I'm going back now. We're going back quite a few years, back to like '04. But my whole point is, the same way we can flip that token when we go prior. Now let's talk about after, because after the fact is, we as we all sit here today. I don't care if you're Latino. I don't care if you're black. You're from the crib, wherever you're from. If you don't think that there is a multitude of ancestral spirits running through your bloodline, and, and none of exactly, and none of them are outside of Africa, you're a complete fucking bumbling idiot. Yeah. So you create that illusion. That's why you set yourself up for disappointment because there's going to be people listening to this show right now, people on on this show right now that have a combination of all of those energies. It could be Asian spirits. It could be Native American spirits, Hindu. Ask yourself, yep. a lot of us, why did a lot of us always, we love the martial art movies? Look at Wu-Tang Clan. Yep. Look at Wu-Tang Clan. Look, huh? at, look, at, look at Ray Kwan, right? <laughs> some of the motherfuckers look Chinese. If you really, Yeah, if Ray Kwan really, got some eyes, man. He got some eyes right, that can be you, of Asian descent. Right. So do you think that they just like that for no and void, no purpose? Why did, why did they gravitate so hard towards the martial art culture if there wasn't some type of spiritual connection there? Ask yourself why you like certain foods, certain music, certain yep. cultures. You just did, oh, that's just something I like. Why do we gravitate towards these things? Yep. So don't deceive yourself. Part of the path of ancestral worship is acknowledging every aspect All of, of your DNA. All of it, not just the shit you like. Let me not, share this not, story real quick. So there was a, a goon ceremony I came went to up here in Orlando. His brother went with me, very dark-skinned. You know, he's so proud of his African heritage and everything. And this was his first goon ceremony ever. So me say he was a little nervous. And I said, why are you nervous, brother? You're so black, brother. What you got to worry about? You know, I got to fuck with him, right? So... We're sitting there, and eventually uh, it came out that this dude had uh, two European ancestors. One was Irish. The other one was fucking 
uh, from England, okay? When it, and then and another time, here it comes to me, and they say, yo, you work with six Congo spirits. <laughs> Look at this now. I'm light-skinned. This nigga dark-skinned. You work with six Congo spirits, but two of them we can know, we know firsthand. The other four, we got to do more work, okay? Now, he looking at me like, how the fuck? Are you uh-huh. light skin Puerto Rican mix and all this shit, but you got more African ancestors showing up than I do? I said, because the genes been flipped, son. That's why. The genes been that flipped works. and scrambled, so don't always go by the outer appearance. This Correct. is one example why some, and I'm not saying all, because I'm not going to make excuse for some of these idiots, but this is why some people who tend to be black have a desire or attraction to white women or white men. Now, you can deny it all you want. You can be all pro whatever you want. doesn't matter to me. But I don't see the most pro-black niggas sneak around with a white girl, okay? I don't see this shit. Hey, remember that movie? Remember that movie? I'm going to get you sucking. No, no, no. Don't be a menace to society. Yeah, that one, too. That one, too. There's a lot of these movies been making fun of that shit. So also uh, the movie Ladies Man made fun of that shit, too. Yep, that's okay? right. That's right. So um, you got to understand, this happens a lot. But sometimes it's happening because some of y'all genuinely and re- really have an, uh, a European spirit that dominates you more than you think, and so it jumps out at you, and, and, it, and it, it fucks with you because you never learn to work with it. So it makes you desire that which you suppress. Remember, we always talk about things you suppress or repress on this show. Well, you'll start to understand now more of these things in the goon ceremony. This is why I have a little suspicion, a little suspicion that some of y'all who listen to the show, uh, not the ones from far distance, but some of the other ones closer distance, are hesitant sometimes to come to these rituals. I only feel that because that's what I hear. But anyways, I feel that because I think some people are hesitant as to what exactly is going to happen to them at this ritual and what is going to come out. And I'm just going to share this with y'all. Do not be afraid of what is going to come out or what may happen. Because if you keep being afraid, you're never going to get past the stagnant stage. You're always going to stay at the stage you are right now and you're never going to get past it. You've got to be able to confront things and challenge yourself in all manners to get to another level. So let it ride. Let it go. Give into the chaos. Give into the primal energy and see where it takes you. If you keep debating, oh, should I go? Should I come? Should I attend? You know what I'm saying? Then you're... you're you're only lying to yourself or negating things that that can possibly help you grow. I'm, the ritual is not for us. It's for you, okay? It's for you to tap into the things that's necessary. At our last ritual, we had people come to emotional breakdown. Not extreme, but enough where the tears started to flow. Uh-huh. Repressed shit came up to the surface and was revealed about things that they went through, okay? So understand, it's your healing that's taking place during this time. Your ancestral spirits also heal you, okay? They can heal you. 
from your pain, your sorrow, okay? You doing the work, tapping into your subconscious mind is going to heal you. But you can't be afraid to face yourself. This is what's going to happen at a ritual. You can't be afraid to face yourself because what's supposed to happen is supposed to happen. There is no way around it. You understand? And, 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 and let me say this real quick on that, you know, uh, the fear factor. We like that fear factor. That was a show, wasn't it? And yeah, I remember that. Um, if, if, if you trust in yourself, and, and what I mean when I say that, trusting yourself, that eliminates the fear. Nothing, nothing negative or what you perceive as negative is going to happen to you if you approach any of the rituals with confidence. That eliminates the fear. Because when you're, if, you're, if you're saying to yourself you prevent yourself from coming because of that fear, then there's something about yourself you're not addressing. And if you feel like you're going to come to a ritual and something bad is going to happen or something bad is going to happen to you, that's some serious uh, inner, inner uh, reflection you need to really look into because then there's something not right with you. That's what's creating that illusion. So what, what, what makes that just completely disappear, trust in yourself. Have confidence because, like, we, you know, we joke around. We just, I, I work with my ancestors. I know my ancestors. Well, if you really do, then you would have no fear of, of approaching that on any level. So, yeah. I mean, you can't say you work with your ancestors. I know my ancestors. <laughs> How about that? You're, I'm you're, my doing, doing, you're doing yoga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're fucking, uh, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, and okay. you're, you know, you're, you're doing uh, uh, eating kale salads and fucking, yeah. uh, you know, pranayama you know, and all that shit. Yeah. Pranayama and all that shit. But my, my, my whole point is that eliminates the fear. It's that, it's that simple. See, there's sometimes the thing that happens, just, just common sense shit in life. People tend to make things more complicated than they actually are. Like, something like that, people are looking for some long, drawn-out explanation and solution when it's just as simple. That's a form of manipulating the subconscious mind. Just say to yourself, trust in yourself. Have confidence in yourself. That's it. It's not even that deep. It's not even that complicated. What do you, you know, Approach it like this. An athlete that plays a sport has to approach every game as if they're the best and that there's nobody better than them. Now, it don't mean technically that they are, but it's what they do to raise their game and get success. Everybody that plays athletics has to approach a game like that. I'm the best. You know, nobody's better than me. I'm going to go out there today and score 40 points. I'm going to score three touchdowns. Score. I'm going to hit two home runs today, whatever. That's what gets them over the hump, and that's what separates the great athletes, per se, from the so-called mediocre athletes and the shitty ones yep. and the ones that don't laugh. You've got to approach it the same way. So trusting yourself. Have confidence in the process because if you do make that claim that you work with your ancestors and you know your ancestors, then by all means you should be confident as shit and not have any worries or fears. We're not talking about – sometimes people confuse fear with anticipation and that anticipation of the unknown is a good thing because it keeps you sharp. I keep telling people that. Don't confuse that for fear. That's not really fear because sometimes you get a little anxious because of the anticipation of what's getting ready to happen. You can, you can mistake that for fear. That's not fear. That's a good thing because that keeps you sharp. It keeps you aware. It keeps you on your toes, and it keeps you ready and alert for what's going to get ready to happen. But when you're just a straight punk-ass bitch and you got excuses, 
you understand, then that's, there's a deeper thing going on internally that you're not addressing. And what it is is what we were just talking about. There's something, if you say you're afraid, you're afraid of connecting with something about yourself that you just may not like. But the beautiful thing, as, you, as Ravana knew, you just said a couple minutes ago, there's a multitude of healing going on at the same time in that process. So when, when, when certain emotions are reflected and come out, whether it's tears of sadness or tears of joy or, or a, a burst of, of energy that makes you feel, you know, powerful like you've never felt before, all of that for those reasons because you needed it at that particular time. It was adjusting something that you needed within that needed to be adjusted and addressed. That's purpose of ritual. Remember, ritual is for the purposes of transformation in addition to the other things we mentioned earlier. But that's why, why someone said, why, why do I have to do all these things? You don't have to do anything. Let's establish that. Yeah. But if you do partake, let's establish that. It's not to be approached where it's, man, it's not mandatory for shit, but sometimes on the outside it can look bizarre to people that don't really understand it. And, again, I'm not talking to somebody that's educated to a certain extent to this path. I'm just talking about your normal, everyday, mundane people, your religious people. Uh, they look at it as it's taboo, it's devil worship, it's negative, you shouldn't fuck with that, blah, 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 because they're in a state of, still in that state of ignorance. But we need to understand so we can help them to an extent understand, those that are willing, that this is what the purpose is. It's, it's, there's an explanation for these things. We don't do things on this path just to be doing them because everybody else is doing them or just to be doing them because it's the end thing to do or just to be doing them because it looks good. I look spiritual. I look super knowledgeable I, because I wear African attire and a big-ass fucking onk and I have a staff and I say Alafia and Ashe and Hotep. Yeah, that and I got mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, to Exactly. That 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 doesn't mean you know a fucking thing. You know what kills me? When we I know I do this all the time intentionally. I love people that know one or two words from a language and then you start talking to them in that language and they, they can't even fucking communicate with you. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like you're a Muslim. Do you know anything else but assalamu alaikum? And yeah. then you say some shit like assalamu alaikum or to Allahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. They look at you like, uh huh, what? What? You say, Kipahalik. What? Because they don't speak the language. What they're doing is putting on a facade or, or everybody in Alafia. Uh, do you know anything else in the Yoruba language but fucking Alafia? Yeah. Or Ashe. 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 That's, yeah, that's my favorite. All right, so you know two fucking words. Do you really know anything else in the language? So you got to question yourself. Are you doing this because it's, everybody else is doing it? It looks good. It sounds good. But guess what? That's all on the external. That's all on the outside. And this is what we've said a million times before. How many people I've known, Ravonna Nunes known, and probably some of you listening to this show, that you knew for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, and they were, there was more African out than anybody you knew. Every time you saw them, they were in cultural garb, and they sounded good. And you're like, yeah, man, they got that shit together. Then the real truth came to the surface. Then you found out they were piss broke. They didn't have a pot to piss in. They didn't have a dollar to their name. Their relationships yeah. was all fucking jacked up. Their family's all yeah. fucked up. They're all fucked up. But you didn't know that because you got sucked into the external illusion because they look so spiritual. This path is not concerned about what you look like on the outside. That shit is irrelevant. 
So we're not impressed if you look African in culture and you say Alafia, Shalom, Asalamu Alaikum, and all the other good shit. That doesn't fucking impress us. We yeah. base the conclusion of that based on your actions. Their actions speak louder than words. We, we hear that phrase all the time growing up. Actions speak louder than words. So other than you portraying to be so spiritual, your actions will dictate if you actually are what you say you are. That's that simple. It's, again, it's not complicated. Let me say not complicated this, at all. Mm-hmm. Let me say this part before we take calls. <clears throat> yep. Unfortunately, something uh, myself and Brother Beniti discuss and notice is that it's very sad and unfortunate, but melanated people here in the West, a lot of y'all have had literally your soul is extracted from you. You all swear you're so this or so that, but you lost your connection. You can't even move to the drums. You move to uh, synthetic music like hip-hop or things of that nature. I'm not dissing it because I was a hip-hop head for years, but that's not hip-hop today. That's bullshit, okay? Just an opinion. But what I'm saying is the synthetic sounds of hip-hop have made you lose your soul where you can't even move to an African rhythm or an African drum that is the essential heartbeat of yourself and the earth. And it's sad because the very thing, the very essence that was you, the very spiritual sciences, the black magical sciences, the voodoo of Udon, the hoodoo, the... uh or the power, all these things that was essentially you are so far removed from you now that you have groups of people from other races and cultures taking over your very shit. It is very sad to see that. Correct. It's very sad to witness it. and, And unfortunately, you all are becoming your own worst problem, your own worst enemy. Our people are doing it to themselves. What do I mean by that? You want to really cure the solution to all this fucking bullshit that's happening out here, this fucking crazy trauma and crap happening in this world? Create a million drummers reunion, okay? Where you have million drummers, and it can happen. Trust me, you think it's hard. It's easy. You can get a million people drumming, a million people dancing, calling down the spirits, you will see this whole fucking shit shift quickly, okay? But you know why you don't do it? Because you're afraid of your own shit. Right. That's why you don't do it. You've become so far removed, your soul's been extracted, that you don't know how to work with that shit no more. Or if you do, you're scared of it. Or you stay away from it, and that can solve all the problems that quickly, Okay? So what people have done is they essentially become robots. You become robots without a fucking soul. And all you do is basically live as an animal, survival day to day without any fucking aspirations, any goals, any any uh, transformation through results of your working. You're basically walking robots. And unfortunately now, you're reaching a critical period, okay, where all chaos is breaking loose. You think chaos is breaking loose now. It's only going to break out even more. To the Dravidians, they call this Kali Yuga time. 
is the, the time of straight destruction. And the only shit, according to the people who, who espouse that doctrine, the very people who espouse the Dravidian Kali Yuga doctrine, said the only thing that would get people through this is the left-hand path. Mm. That embracing mm-hmm. the very thing that's considered subversive, adversive, that's considered taboo, that's considered wrong, is the only thing that's going to break you free from this. Because unless you understand the rage, you will never understand how to control it. Let me say this again slowly. Unless you understand exactly what rage is, then how do you know how to work with the rage? All you'll ever do is stand on the sidelines trying to analyze it, trying to define it, trying to label people, and never understand it from within. In a left-hand path, they said you have to understand the destructive powers of Kali by embracing destruction within yourself. Mm. Okay? Mm. You have to learn to embrace destructive, chaotic, and, and straight primal energy of the drums so that you can understand what chaos and primal energy really is. Then, my friends, can you bring order to it, which is only temporary because chaos is always going to remain. Chaos is always going to be in existence because otherwise than that, you would never need to create order. So you can't have order without chaos. That means if you have any form of order anywhere, in any time, any location, chaos is existing at the same time. And it will always be there. Okay? So... When I when I say this, I'm saying that we've reached a critical period in time right now where that chaos is fucking up shit on this planet. The place you call home. Stop looking to the stars. Stop looking to stardust. Oh, my friends, we're all made of stardust. Fuck the stardust. God damn it. You're here on the planet Earth, okay? And you're having to deal with shit that's going down every day. You think this shit is getting real. Okay, just on the sidebar, right? You see that the Supreme Court just overturned Trump's ban on immigration. Now watch what I tell you, and Brother Benitez has said before, they're about to get really nasty, and there's going to be an internal war in this government, and it's already starting to happen. Trump is about to, to appeal that. In other words, this shit is about to get crazy chaos, okay? You think you have seen order in this country where you're about to see this lawless and unrest and an unruly order in this country. If you can't handle that shit, you don't know how to work your black magic to protect yourself from that shit or to destroy some shit, I don't know what to tell you, people. Mm. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. Y'all just got to get your shit right. That's true. All right, so let's let's go to some questions. I'm, I'm going to start with one that somebody forwarded over to me. Uh, they can't get on the call this evening, but I think this was in reference to what we were talking about earlier: dark dark skin and 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 light skin and tapping into um, everything that's connected to you in your DNA and genes. So hopefully, hopefully that's what uh, I was in reference to earlier. Um, and I'm going to read it to you. It says, "What about less melanated guys who can't keep their hands off dark black women? What does that mean about those guys? And they're now." Black children. It doesn't mean anything. What it, what we were trying to say earlier is, regardless, <laughs> right? 
But what we were trying to say earlier is regardless if you're dark or light-skinned or what your personal preference is, you have to embrace in every aspect of what you are now. Because like I, we were saying earlier, we'll use the thing in conscious circles that on white folks will say, well, you know, all white folks hate black folks, but all white folks came from black folks. And that's true, 100% true. But when we look at us today, we're all a byproduct, regardless if you're light or you're dark-skinned, regardless of what your preference is. If you're a less melanated, I'm a less melanated man. I love dark-skinned women. That's my preference. You understand? Same thing with Brother Ravana Noon. That's our preference because that's what our DNA gravitates towards. But it, it doesn't matter if you're light, dark-skinned, brown-skinned, mid-tone. The point is, if we're going to use that concept like most people do in the, in the conscious circles and they sit there and they say, okay, yeah, well, you know, white folks are so hateful, they came from black folks. And like I said before, they, they have. But we here today want to act as if everything in our genetics is exclusively today. We're talking about today in 2017. There's no individual that can say that they're 100% pure African and they have undiluted blood. That's the point. So that's why we were bringing up earlier about individuals that found out they might have been dark-skinned and thought on the surface that they came from generations and generations of pure African blood, but then found out they had other energies also connected to them in addition to the African blood that they were only aware of. It works both ways. So the whole, the whole point is it's irrelevant on, on both sides. Okay? Yeah, it is. It's a it's a it's a it's irrelevant on both sides. That's the whole point. So yeah. we want to make and that let, crystal clear. Let me also add a flip side to that. Since the individual we asked it was specifically identifying lighter skinned people, right? Um, just because you're light skinned doesn't make you any less than somebody who's dark skinned. Because this is a common misconception about what is considered blackness and what is not, right? And here's an example. You have the Kozian, or also known as the Sand people of Africa, who are more towards South Africa, who have yellowish complexion, brownish to yellowish complexion, and who have the eye folds of Asians. Are they any less black? You understand what I'm saying? Are they any less black? Because they're not as dark as the person from, let's say, Nigeria or the Congo. When... The Khoisan people have a uh, one of the oldest strains of DNA on this planet, unbroken chain of DNA on this planet in Africa. So if a person who's light-skinned is attracted to somebody who's dark-skinned and they have um, some African DNA in them, they also could be activated within them so this is what they're attracted to, just like a dark-skinned person who thinks they're all dark, but then they find out they have European DNA in them. That DNA also can be activated. You have to understand, you cannot figure out, okay, well, I'm dark-skinned, so I'm just going to have my dark DNA dominate. It doesn't work like that. Because you're, some DNAs are more strong than others, and you don't even realize that shit. Because all we Correct. think is, oh, well, the dark gene is more dominant. Because, listen... We had Dr. Phil Valentine on this show. We had uh-huh. Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum on this show, okay? We had people uh, like Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum who deals a lot with science, not just consciousness and history. 
with straight science. And he verified and proved that when it comes to consciousness, this may hurt some of y'all feelings, unfortunately, when it comes to consciousness, your dark skin has shit to do with it. That your and, dark and, and, skin or your brown skin or your melanated skin is more susceptible or suited depending on the climate and environment you're in. What do I mean by that? If you're in an environment where it is abundant sunlight, okay, for a long, extensive period of time, case in point, the south here in, in the United States to the Caribbean to uh, Central South America to Africa and the Pacifics, uh, Pacific Islands, then darker melanated skin is essential. Mm-hmm. However, you are superior in that climate. But if you go to the Nordic regions of, of let's say, Europe, okay, where sunlight is uh, less extensive and you as a dark melanated person becomes sickly and it your melanin does shit for you in that situation. You may not mm-hmm. like it. This is a scientist who did his research, uh, did research study on it, learned from other research study, and this is what has been found. That is different than your neural melanin, which deals with your brain melanin, which all of us have regardless of how dark or light you are in, and yeah, some have it more in abundant or less. Doesn't matter because all of us. But, but on that and, note, and, though, and that's will. what I was gonna say real quick. On that note, because see, that's the unique thing that he used to verify when he was on the show, and yep. could actually go listen to it in the archives. On that note, one thing he said, and he said you could be Asian, uh, Eskimo. He even used Eskimo. Yep. Uh, you could be African. You could be Latino. He he said each individual, regardless of the appearance of the neuromelanin, which is the physical melanin that we see with the eye, that, that is produced as a physical manifestation, regardless of how light or dark that is in those ethnicities, he clearly made it clear, each has the same ability to produce the same amounts of neuromelanin. Exactly. Which when we talk, when we talk about consciousness and neuromelanin, which, which has its origins in the brainstem, that's what sparks or taps you into awareness or consciousness. Neuromelanin is more key than the neuromelanin. So when we say don't get caught up in the neuromelanin aspect of it because it's irrelevant, it don't matter because that goes on in these conscious circles simultaneously. You're either not, you're either not dark enough or you're not light enough or you're too light, and it, and it creates that bullshit. That's what we're trying to, that's what we're trying to say. Exactly. And let's take it to an example before we move on to the next question. That's why I've seen some of the darkest people not be able to fucking hit a drum and hold a rhythm for a lick of a second. They have the worst drum I ever heard, but I've seen a light-skinned motherfucker get up there and fucking throw down for hours. Okay? So when it comes to that, you have to understand whether you're dark-skinned, light-skinned, whatever genes are dominating you, that's usually going to spark some of your attractions. Just because you're dark or light on the outside does not necessarily correlate to what's vibrating with uh, your DNA resonance inside of you. People have to get past that reality. Like we know a brother who, straight dark skin, but loves rock music, always wonder why. Then he found out he has some Irish DNA. Hmm, go figure. Go figure, people. See, because we only want to know 
oh, I get my DNA, well, you know, I must be 90%, 100% African. Then they find out, oh, you're only 65% African, but you have 25% from Europe and 10% Native American. What the fuck do you do at that point? Huh? What do you do at that point? You thought you were so black and dominant, and you have more European than you ever imagined. Do you go jump off a bridge because you found that out? That's sad if you do, because that means you're not able to deal with reality. And be able to deal with realities, be able to embrace every part of you to empower yourself to be greater and stronger than ever before. Okay? That's the main point why we bring that up. So if light-skinned people like dark-skinned people, it is possible that they probably have a dominating black gene in them that makes them like that. Is that making you feel inferior or intimidated because a light-skinned person liking your dark-skinned woman? So you're bypassing the fact that licensed people can have dark skin or African DNA in them. Hmm. Go ask yourself these questions, people, when you do this, because I, I'm past all that shit. I don't care if you're dark skin, light skin, middle skin, purple skin, blue skin, green skin. You like what you like. You love what you love. You're attracted to what you're attracted to. And if you don't fucking know how to deal with that shit, then you got issues that you need to address within yourself. You need to fucking physically and mentally and spiritually address that shit within yourself and come to terms and grips and deal with your shit because that's all a part of still insecurity riding within you. I'm not saying the person who asked the question has that. I'm just saying for whoever is listening to the show and whoever records, downloads, or whatever the show, address your shit because that could be something within you, okay, that you think because, oh, I'm dark and I'm pure and dominant, so I got to get all the women, but I can fuck a white woman, but my black woman cannot fuck a lighter-skinned man. That's your fucking issue, dude. Period. All right, good point. Let's go to, because I know we got a lot of comments online, and we haven't the last couple of weeks, so I'm going to start online this week because um, we had some people that typed in earlier, and we'll go to the phones. Uh, again, before we start, uh, if you are on the uh, phone, again, make sure, please make sure your phone is unmuted when we go to the phones because we cannot hear you if your phone is muted. Sometimes we are calling you and you can't hear us, but we can kind of hear you or we hear the background noise. That means your phone uh, is not unmuted. You're on mute right now. We unmute you, so listen for that. Now, unfortunately, we have multiple people on from the same state, California, Texas, North Carolina, uh, New York, etc. So if you don't have a registered screen name and we call you by state, just speak. And if it's you, we'll be able to hear you. Uh, obviously, if you have a registered screen name, good for you. It's easy for us to identify you when we plug you in on the call. We do encourage you to register and get a screen name. Uh, it's easy for us to communicate and identify you on the call. If you are in the chat and you're not on the call and you would like to get on the call and speak to us or ask a question or, or comment, if you go right down to the bottom of your screen, you'll see the call and information at the very bottom of the chat screen. You'll see the dial-in number, which is 1724-444-7444. Again, that's 1724-444-7444. It's then it's going to ask you for a call ID number. That number is right next to it, which is 134-778-pound symbol. And then it's going to ask you for a PIN number. You'll see that right next to it. It's the number one and the pound symbol. That will get you on the phone in the queue if you would like to get on the phone and speak with us directly to ask a question or leave a comment or, or, or just talk about something that we've discussed tonight. Um, I'm going to go in the chat room first. Let me scroll up. 
there was some good stuff typed in earlier uh, that I think is definitely worth talking about. Um, welcome back, uh, BZ Ho. We appreciate you being here. I know as you typed in uh, earlier, BZ Ho. Uh, you you know you weren't able to tune in the last two weeks, but you as you said you've been listening to the you know to the shows in the archive. Um, so we appreciate you uh, appreciate you listening to some of those past shows. Um, let me scroll down to something that you typed in. Where did it go? I hope I didn't lose it. Hold on a second. Okay, yeah, here is here is it here. Actually, it was Jagasu. Let me start with Jagasu first. Um, Jagasu had typed in. What are walk-ins actually? And this is a really good question. All right. To understand what a walk-in is, a walk-in would be something termed a spirit that can actually enter you when your countenance is low. And let me explain. They term them walk-ins because they're able to walk in and out, meaning you have no control over the spirit or the energy, kind of what we were talking about earlier. One makes themselves susceptible to walk-ins when, for lack of a better word, their countenance is low. What does that mean? All right, real simple. If you're a negative-ass person all the time, if you complain about shit all the time, if you blame everybody else for your damn problems, if you're unsuccessful, we all know people like this. Everything is, they never take responsibility for anything. They hate on everybody else. They have problems. Uh, They can't get their shit together. You would be a perfect candidate for a walk-in, okay? If, unfortunately, if you have illness, um, people that suffer from mental depression and bipolarism, they can be, uh, unfortunately, candidates for walk-ins repeatedly. Really what they're telling you in the medical field, they won't tell you this because they can't identify this in the spiritual aspect, but when you have uh, bipolarism or you have depression, that's kind of what it is. You're you're tapping into so many different energies and frequencies because when they use the term bipolar, right? It's an influx of emotions and energies. And when one has that influx of emotions and energies, remember, these spirits are energy, okay? And we keep stressing that. And they are able to read and feed off of your vibration. So when your vibration is is vibrating at a low frequency, they can sense that. Therefore, the term, they can quickly walk in and out on you. And you hear people say shit like, during heated crimes or passionate crimes, they, they use the term in the legal field that the person was temporarily insane. What the fuck does that mean? Well, that's basically saying, or you heard like serial killers will say, the son of Sam will say, my dog was talking to me, and my dog, <laughs> this is what the son of Sam said now. Yeah, you go look this up. Yeah, he, he said his dog was talking to him and told him that he was Satan and he needed to kill all these people. Well, yep. Here's an individual whose countenance was very low and was a perfect vessel for walk-ins. Um, now, walk-ins can also work on the, on, the, on the flip side. There's a positive aspect to it, too. Same thing like we were talking about earlier. When you temporarily access the energy, say, at an igun or a spiritual ceremony, you've made yourself receptible, but it's not a walk-in in a sense that it can do harm to you. It's kind of something where you prepared yourself. So walk-ins you know, can, can vary off in the different, different venues and areas. I don't know if there's something you want to add to that, brother, but go ahead. No, you said it. You ripped it. That's good. Can you hear me? Wow. Yeah, I can hear I, you. Yeah, yeah, I said you got it. You, you, you basically broke it down, so ain't much I could add after that, brother. Okay. 
Um, all right, so that's a good question, though. I think that's a really, that's a really, really good question. Um, and gee, even even the fact that you're thinking along them lines um, is 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 something positive. But that's kind of how walk-ins work. They kind of attract themselves to certain individuals. All right, so now let's go down. Um, Another question by Jagasu, which I thought this was a good question, too. When we were talking about spirits, making contact with spirits, so how do you know you are doing it right? That's an excellent fucking question. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that's an excellent question, it shows, you know, careful thinking, intent. You want to know you're doing it right. But here's, here's the reality to this. Nobody can answer that question but you. And I'm not saying that to kind of dance around it because – if I'm going to answer that question, I can only tell you how I'm doing it right based on what I'm working with and what I'm connected to. What we could do is, as we said earlier, give you some tips, some suggestions, and then you have to put it into practice to make it work for you. Like, like for an example, here's tip number one, how you know you're doing it right, you're getting results. That's number one. So if you're doing shit and nothing's happening, you're not getting anything out of it, you're not getting no results, then something's wrong. If you're contacting a spirit or an energy that you're not sure what it is, like I say, command, be forceful and powerful and command the spirit to reveal its true self if you feel a feeling of uncertainty. Because if you're feeling a feeling of uncertainty, it's more than likely what you're seeing is not what it's really appearing to be. So these are little suggestions I would throw at somebody to help and assist them if they want to know if they're doing it right. You understand what I'm saying? I don't know if it's something you want to add to that, brother. Yeah, but yeah. Right. So, uh, one of the best conduits contact a spirit, which then will help you. First, first thing is you got to be able to contact the spirit, right? One of the first conduits is, and the best conduits, one of them is water. Okay, this is why in your altar you should always have some form of water or liquid on there. That represents the element of water. Water is a conduit for all spiritual work. That's why when you watch some movies, they always have water, different people being back, all kinds of shit. Water is there. It's just conductive energy. Now, when that spirit comes through, as Brother Beniti mentioned, you have to understand that you are the master. What I mean by that is this. They need you to come into this realm or to make contact with this realm. So you essentially are the one that's in control of what is happening, okay? You are the Mm -hmm. one, so you by all right have the means to address that which is appearing as a spirit or trying to pass itself off as a spirit or familiar, familiar family, whatever. You have the right to say, who the fuck are you, okay? Or there's different ways to ask it. I'm just being straight to the point. You have the right to do that because they cannot really, essentially the spirits really cannot do much until you give them permission, okay? And one of the ways people give them permission without them realizing they're giving permission is when they're, you know, drugs, alcohol, things like that. Because now you just open the gateway without knowing what the fuck is going to happen. However, when you're working this and you're of of sound mind, body, and um, you're conducting this, you have to make sure that immediately you address the spirit to make sure it's that which you want to work with. If it's not, then you got to <laughs> uh, just hopefully you can uh, do what is necessary to get that spirit to go. 
Some of them fuckers are stubborn. They don't want to leave, okay? So you have to make sure that when you contact a spirit, yet you immediately address them and don't feel bad about it. Because many of you feel bad, something else can happen. So you must always remember never to be afraid to take control of any situation when it comes to spirits. They're not more powerful than you, though you think they are. They're not, because they need you to get exit, I mean, entrance into this world, not the other way around. That's correct. Excellent point. Uh, but that's, that's a good question. Um, let me uh, see. Ooh, let me scroll down. Again, I'm going to try to go through some of these, and then I'm going to go to the phone in a minute. Hang tight. Um, I know somebody was having problems in and out. They couldn't hear no sound. I don't see them here no more. Uh, I am not. I am who I think I am. I don't know if you're still in here or you came back in as a guest. Um, just to let people know if that happens, that's, that sometimes will temper, sometimes happen if you're listening online. Uh, I'll get, uh, people will type in that there or will get messages that they can't hear anything. Usually, most of the time, and again, I don't know if, if that listener is still here, if they logged out and came back in as a guest. Um, but I, as I'm going through the uh, the uh, chat log, I know it was uh, I am who I think I am. Not sure if that fixed the problem, uh, but usually that does fix the problem if you can't hear anything. Um, just just log out, go back out completely, or sometimes refresh your browser, and then come back in um, for whatever reason. Couldn't tell you why, but 99.9% of the time I know that fixes the problem. So again, if you're in here, maybe as a guest now, I'm not sure, but uh, not sure if they had problems and they and they left or didn't come back. Not sure, but that's usually what it is. All right, so let's go to the phone. I'm gonna come back to the chat. I went through half. There's still some more good questions and comments on the chat. Good, good to see, uh, Vasti. You got some good questions. I'm definitely gonna address that. BZ Ho, I see you had a couple more, and Jagasu, you had a few more. Uh, I think Michelle had typed something in too, but I believe she's on the phone too. So we probably get her on the phone. Um, but we'll go back to that. Uh, it's good to see some live activity in the chat tonight. Last two weeks, the chat's been kind of quiet, uh, I don't know, for whatever reason. Uh, but anyway, let's, uh, let's go. Let's bring in, uh, I mean, I've been able to get this sister on the phone. A.K.A. Raj, you're on the phone. Can you hear us? Hello, A.K.A. Raj, you're on the phone. Can you hear us? Is your phone muted? A.K.A. Roz, going once, going twice, going three times. Can you hear us? All right. Yes, we have problems with that caller. All right, we'll try to go back to her. I believe that's a sister that I know. Uh, let's go to, all right, this one just says Southern California. You're on the call. Anybody there from Southern California? Southern California, can you hear me? I don't know what's going on, brother. Yeah. She phones him. Hello, can you hear me? Southern California, anybody there from Southern California? Oh, they ain't fucking with our phone lines again tonight. All right, let's go to the next one. I'll try to come back to that one. Uh, this one says West North Carolina. You're on the call. Can you hear me? Hello? I, I, I can hear some feedback. Can you hear us? West North Carolina. 
I hear backgrounds. I don't know if they can hear me. I hope they ain't fucking with the phone lines tonight. West North Carolina, can you hear us? One one last time. We're going to move to another car. I don't know what's going on. All right, let's go to the next call. All right, we got a call online. Southwest Florida. Anybody there from Southwest Florida? You're on the call. Yep. South. Hello? Uh, I think they're officially fucking with the lines, bro. Yeah, there's no way none of these calls can hear us. Uh, not sure if you guys can hear me. I heard the last call, I heard feedback in the if, background, but I'm not, I'm not hearing nothing if, when I when I. If y'all can in. hear us, if y'all can hear us and you have access to the chat room, type in. Type in if yeah, you can I, hear us or not. Yeah, I mean, some of you ain't on the chat, but if you can't get in the chat, type in. You know what? Let me see if I can get, uh, hold on. See if we can get Sister Michelle on here. Maybe she can confirm. And I think uh, Sonia's on here, too. Actually, let me get Sonia on here quick. See if she can. If I can't hear her, then something's definitely wrong. Hold on. Sonia, can you hear me? Sister Sonia. Yes. Hi. How you doing? All right, sis. I don't know know what's going on, but I'm trying to plug. You can hear us clear, right? Yeah, hear y'all clear. I don't know what's going on. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back through those calls. I can't. I can't get nobody on. But anyway, since we got you on here, uh, well, Southwest Florida looks like they just hung up. So maybe they. uh, Nasty says she can hear us. Um, I don't know what the fuck's going on. But anyway, uh. So, yeah, so yeah, Vashti just typed in that she uh, he can. I'm sorry, they can hear us. Uh, well, we got you on the phone, Sonia. So we'll talk to us. What's going on? What's up? You got questions, comments, concerns? Talk to us. Great job. Still there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna say something to Sonia. Though. I don't appreciate you taking my statue, by the way. But that's. <laughs> That's, that's definitely story, by the way. I knew that shit was coming. Let me tell you what happened with that shit real quick since we all on the phone together. All right, I got to tell you what happened to that. So we, we go out to the spot, the spot that we went to. You know, I had told her about it. So she's like, all right, yeah, let's go out there, see what, see what they got. So we get out there. We, we, we go out. We're looking around. She starts tailing off to the right. She's looking at all these, uh, you know, different, you know, implements and statues. I'm over on the other side. She goes, yeah, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> she calls me over. She goes, yeah, yeah, that's the one I want right there. I'm going to get that one. So I just look at it. I start, I, I start laughing. I was like, you know what? I see you're going to laugh when I tell you this shit. I said, that's the one Ravonna Moon was going to get when he was here last week, but he was pondering it. And then I said, when we left and we got in the car, then he was like, yeah, I should have got it. I think I should have got it. And then he's like, all right, fuck it, I'll get it the next time. And then lo and behold, I go out yeah, there with mm-hmm. Sonya. And Sonya. Got that shit for me. Mm-hmm. Got it for me. Anyway. Hey, snooze you lose. Snooze you lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snooze, snooze my ass, buddy. You, you, you know we had to take a, we took a picture. We had to send it to you. We had yeah. to send it to you, man. And Vic was yeah. like, fuck. But anyway, uh, talk to us, Sonya. What you got for us? Oh, it just, um. A good show, good show, great pointers. You know, uh, I hope everyone is thinking because you, you guys laid out some very uh, key key stuff here. Um, I like how you referenced the black ship earlier. Uh, I just finished the book. Um, there's some very good stuff. Uh, and, you know, Ravonna Noon is right. What's in your DNA is in your DNA. Uh, mm-hmm. 
uh, and you just buy with it. You shouldn't get hung up on, I'm so black, I'm so whatever, you know, because we That's all right. mix with something, something. I, 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 I have Irish in me. Um, uh. And a lot of times when I'm getting myself in the mood for ritual or something like that, I got Irish music playing in the background. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, it just does something. I that gives you something. But Irish, it gets me there. Um, uh, you know, and Native American music as well gets me, gets me where I need to go. You know, when I'm trying to uh, get myself prepared and focused. You know, right. so you should just rock right. with whatever. You know, don't don't get hung up and stuff like that. That's limiting yourself. And, and, That's and, limiting your abilities. Mhm. That's so true, and that's that's the that's the importance of ego. And I was trying to see if uh, brother Mike's not on the call no more. It looks like he stepped away. I wanted to get him on the phone, um, so he could share an experience that he had personally, so he could hear it from somebody else. Uh, what I was talking about earlier, um, and what you're saying is 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 key. Um, and part of you know, getting yourself going in the right direction. And, and that's why we kind of did this topic tonight. And we're going to probably have to do a second part to this because we didn't even really get into the African sorcery and witchcraft and magic. We kind of really focused on the ancestral aspect of it. So we'll do a continuation of this. Um, but, the, I mean, the key to it is to really get over the hump when dealing with this part of it is to embrace every aspect of it. And or actually he's uh, – brother, brother Mike, I know you want to chat if you can hear me. Uh, Seth Apps, if you can uh, get on the phone. I see you just came back in. Uh, there's something I wanted you to share with listeners. So if you're able to get on the phone, I'm not sure if you're able to right now, uh, get on the phone if you can. Uh, but in relation to what you said, Sonia, that, that's 100% true. That, that, that bracing every aspect of it just clears more paths and roadways for you to be successful in work that you have to do that's, that's, that's going to be connected to that. But, yeah, that's an excellent point. You still there? Mm-hmm. That was an excellent point. Okay. I was done. That was your cue to come back in. You know, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the fuck you're doing over there. You're sleeping I'm going to just tell Sonya this. No. Uh-huh. Don't be surprised if somebody visits you in your dream, Sonya, because we're going to have a conversation. Okay? Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. I'm going to have a conversation you're, you're, about this. You're going to wake up in that statue. You're going to get up in the morning and that statue is going to be gone. <laughs> <laughs> you hope you can make it out. I hope you can make it past the oh, door. Oh shit! We're gonna oh. meet at the round table of discussion tonight, buddy. Feel me? Oh Let's meet. Let's meet before the elders. <laughs> oh, oh, oh shit! Do Don't start that. that elder shit. Don't start that shit. <laughs> anyway. We're gonna meet before the elders. <laughs> We're gonna see when it happens. <laughs> anyway, anything else you got for us, Sister Song, before we move on? No, move on. Peace. Oh, she's in staffing mode. All right. We appreciate it, though. Thanks for calling in. Uh, we're going to see if we hopefully we can get the next call. All right. Peace. All right. Let me see if I can go back. Uh, I'm going to try to come back. I think AKA Roz is Sister Angela. I'm going to try to come back to you if you can hear me. I'm about to unmute your phone. Uh, AKA Roz, can you hear me? Anybody there? Yeah, so I'm definitely up with her phone. All right, let's go. Let's see if we can get uh, the alchemist on the line. See, she's on the phone. Alchemist, can you hear me? Hello. Alchem- 
Yes, uh, finally, we got somebody, man. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? How's everybody? Uh, everybody's good. How are you? You're in D.C., right? Yes. How's D.C.? Freezing snow? What's going on up there? I know you guys in New York got bombed. I talked to my cousin today. They, they got bombed. No, it's, it's, no, it's no snow here. It's, it's cold as heck. It was 71 degrees yesterday, so that's, like, real weird. Yeah, for this time of year, no doubt, no doubt. Um, so what's going on? Talk to us. Questions, comments, concerns. Um, you know, just um, a comment, you know, because I came in late. No um, problem. So, you know, just listening to and just having an understanding about the ancestral worship. Um, I remember when you and I had talked that you had mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. about some of my ancestors. I have not yet invoked them. I'm still... Um, mm-hmm you know, researching that aspect of it because, you know, I want right. to I want to do it right. I mean, I'm the type I right. just jump in anyway. Um, right. I did just jump in and invoke uh, my demon. I did. I did that. I remember you, know? you texting me about that. And maybe you can maybe you can share if you can. If you maybe want to share a little bit of that with us, uh, which I thought was unique. Um, maybe if you could briefly, I'm not saying you got to get into detail because I know some of it's personal, but uh, maybe you can share a little bit of your experience with the listeners, if you don't mind. That would be nice if you could. Oh, sure, no problem. Um, well, you know, when you when you briefly explain about it, uh, about your demon, and that's, you know, it's not like the, that, that spooky bullshit or whatever they, <laughs> had, you know, have us to believe. It's none of that. And, Correct. you know... I mean, I myself, I've always thought, I'm like, why are they so, you know, why is the, you know, the world so focused on that? You know, because usually with me, if they're focused on it, I'm kind of drawn to it anyway, because what they're really trying to do is to deter us. And I would like to know why. So, you know, as I'm listening to you, I said, oh, yeah, I mean, when you said, hey, that your demon is 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 more powerful than than raw, you know, that's, that's right. like, oh, I mean. I need to get there. I said, let's do this. So, you know, Correct. I just jumped in, and, and the, the moment I jumped in and invoked my demon and and called and called my demon down, I mean, I went into um, like a semi semi trance. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to a, a semi. It was it was almost instantaneous. I went to a semi trance, and mm-hmm. you know, I just continued and persisted with my meditation and. Mm-hmm. I could see more of my my sigils, you know. Nice. So I began to, you know, say, look, this is this is what I got going on. These are things I need taken care of, yada yada yada. And you know, that's pretty much how my my meditations have been going. Now since then, um, I've drew I've drawn my sigils, and I also include them in my ritual when I invoke mm. my demon. And I put and them on my altar. That's awesome. Now let me ask you this, because I like to give people's feedback on this, because I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why I'm asking you this. When when you summons the your personal demon, and like you say, when you felt the presence, did you get that? Some people get it, some people don't, or they they describe it differently. Did you feel get that what they call quote unquote symbolically the anointing? Did you feel like somebody was pouring liquid on your head? Did did you get any of that, or did you get a whole different experience? 
Um, it was it's definitely something going on on my head. That's for sure. Okay. Okay. That's for sure. I don't I don't know if it was so much of a a pouring. It was like more so of an opening. Okay, I've heard people describe that. Okay, and I bring that up because that's actually the the anointing or that's the confirmation aspect of the ritual when that when you get that feeling or that presence. And when you bring up the sigils, uh, that'll happen. That actually happened to me personally, and I do the same thing. I took those sigils, put them on my altar, and and again, they're your personal sigils, and that's more powerful than any other sigil you'll work with. And now you'll find when you just, like you said, you put them on your altar and you meditate on them, it'll open that doorway to the abyss. You can go into that realm at will, anytime need be, with no hesitation, no problem. You know what I'm saying? So, but anyway, yeah, I just wanted to, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it, really. I'm really loving it because I'm seeing how I'm changing inside and it's affecting my out you know, everything outside of me. So, hey, I'm just super for me. No doubt. But anything else you'd like to add, sis? But we definitely appreciate you sharing that. I'm glad you shared that. But is there anything else, any other questions, comments you'd like to, to add? Or um, I just, I mean, in terms of what I did here in regards to the ancestors, um, you know, I'm, I guess I'm, I don't know. I guess I have to be honest and say I I would think that some of my ancestors are European um, mm-hmm. only only because of some of the things that I like, you know, right. my attention to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I've never been one of the sisters that say, okay, I'm just, you know, I'm just pro-black, you know, and right. I'm, right. I'm just, you know... I mean, I'm just me, you know. I'm just like, it's cool, whatever. You know, That's I right. might have my hair hair up in an afro. The next thing you know, I got full weave and all, you know, down there <laughs> to the floor. You know, that sort So you're diverse. <laughs> yeah, I'm di- <laughs> yeah, I'm diverse. So, um, but I, I kind of think it's more, um, I don't know, you know, again, because I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still learning about it. I don't know. Right. It might be Egyptian. It might be um, Asian. I don't know. But I do know one thing. When I am meditating, um, I see faces. And okay. I'm trying to make these faces out. And, you know, some of them, you know, I mean, they have, they have no color. They just have um, a structure definition. They look like more like the jewels, but but they look but their faces, I can tell their faces. Right. And you're seeing you're seeing the images, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, right. And I'm I don't know if they're European, I don't think they're Asian, but um they don't they don't favor any black people that I know. Well, so, I mean the thing is when you see that and you're not seeing no physical form, uh you're you're not seeing the physical aspect of these energies. Obviously, you're seeing, you know, more of the energy aspect of it because it's not showing no form, no face. Um, and that's actually a good thing because, you know, the mind, again, is going to always, whatever we've been raised as an influence, like when we talk, even though we joke around about it, but when we were talking about earlier, you know, when uh, Ravana Noon was talking about seeing the Blessed Virgin Mary, you know, if you're raised and that's pumped in your head from a child, you know, and these images are constantly pumped in your head, yeah, of course that's what you're going to see because you've already been conditioned 
and program C. But when the fact is that you're starting to see stuff you can't describe, now look at the flip side to it, is a good thing in the sense that you know that this is not something just that you're, you're forcing yourself to see something you want to see. Because mm-hmm. if you would have sat there and described everything that you've experienced as a child, then we could correlate everything you're describing as simply, well, this is what you were pumped up with for years. So that would be obviously the logical explanation of the visions and the things you appear. But the very fact that you're having experiences and some of those experiences you can't really identify due to the fact that you, there's nothing common ground you can identify with is actually a good thing. So look at the flip side mm-hmm. to that. But I, what I would say is to get more clarity on it, uh, go into your meditations and, you know, take yourself back to that experience and just ask, literally ask for clarity, like, you know, be clear, what is this? What am I saying? You know, what is this? Mm-hmm. something trying to communicate to me? What, you know, just be crystal clear like that, and I guarantee if you do it, it might take you one, two, three, four, or five times, but I guarantee you, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to identify what it is you're seeing, and not only what it is you're seeing, but why you're experiencing it, because it all holds mm-hmm. significance. I don't care how minute it is or how big it is, it all holds relevance. It's just you need to figure out and put into perspective what relevance does it hold to you in your spiritual journey that you're on right now because you wouldn't be seeing it or experiencing it if it didn't mean something, but it means something to you. So uh, that would be my suggestion to you for sure. I know one, um, one Sajil that, um, you know, because you had mentioned, you know, write down the Sajils that we have seen in the past. And mm-hmm. one, one I used to see in the past a lot, you know, I did inquire as to what that was and, it was. It's some sort of. What is? It? I'm trying. What is it? Is it PSI psychotic? Um, psychon. It's a form of. It's an energy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Um, but it starts with a P, and it's a. You know, there's a lot of lines in the sigil, but um, it's. Mm. It, it was more so um, for for accuracy or pinpointing psychic energy. Um, and I think I'm pronouncing, I don't think, maybe I'm not, but when I went back and I I drew it and I meditate on it, meditated on it. And I thought when I first saw that particular sigil, it was, it was often, it was frequent. And now when I meditate on it again, I understand what had Mm -hmm. transpired in my life back okay. then, back back then it was it was a lot of psychic energy going on. I mean, it, it was like a, a door had opened. It was it was mm. really fascinating because music, I could hear music to everything. It, I mean, everything. It was it was like um, I don't know if I don't know. I'm just gonna make something up. If if um somebody was getting ready to play a football game, I hear, you know, the NFL music, I would hear it. I got you. And I got I'm like, you. oh, I'm like, oh, my God, you all getting ready to play a football game? And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, how did you know? I could hear it, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it was it was just, it was talking to me through song, you know, and it was just fascinating. So that's, yep, I that's, just, uh, yeah. 
That's that's awesome. I think somebody just typed in, I guess, to clarify what you were saying, Black Star One just typed in uh, psychotronic energy. I don't know if that's what yeah. you were trying to explain. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and most definitely, and that, that, that's a good thing. That's, that's definitely a good thing. Harmonics, which is pretty much the glue to the universe. You tap into that on the right level, um, yeah, it opens doors. But we definitely appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, definitely appreciate you tuning in. Um, and we'll definitely check back with you. Definitely appreciate it. Thank you. All right, sis. All right. All right. Uh, Brother Seth Athens, I see you. We're going to take a few more calls. I know it's getting a little bit late. We're going to take a few more, and then we'll get some people, see if we can uh, get a couple more people on here. Uh, we definitely appreciate that, sister. Uh, I see you. Let me see Brother Seth. I think he's in here now. Yeah, he is. Let me scroll up. Uh, before I do that, though, there's one good question, another good question online. I'm going to try to get to some of these online. Uh, uh, Shaka, if I'm saying it right, Shaka Siku had typed in actually two questions. Uh, we did talk a little bit about familiar spirits earlier. We didn't get into the witchcraft. We're going we're gonna to pick that up in part two, witchcraft and sorcery, so we'll leave that um, for the next show next week. But there's another good question. That was typed in by Shaka Siku. It says, do you think there could be a difference between the experiences manifested by one's physical bloodline DNA and one's spiritual soul level? Most definitely. And that's why we were explaining earlier there is a difference between when working with the ancestral aspect of it and working with other different spirits that may not be connected, uh, you know, to your bloodline, um, your physical bloodline, that is. Um, Because the DNA... Uh, you know, can can expand out in the parameters, like I say, where there's no limitations. Uh, and the spiritual, the soul level, when you really start to tap in, you can you can connect to any type of energy. So that's why I say they both, uh, you know, hold their own place. Um, and there's definitely a difference. And the key is uh, identifying how to work with those differences. I don't know if there's something you want to add to that, brother Ravana. No, feel free, brother. Oh, yeah. Um, for uh, Another thing that ties into his question is when you look at morphogenetic DNA, it just mm-hmm. basically goes into more so um, how DNA, uh, the process can basically develop and shape an individual on multiple levels. Um, and they've proven through uh, different research studies that sound, vibration, frequencies all can alter your DNA in time. So when you look at your familiar bloodline DNA and your soul level, your soul level DNA is more affected by uh, your what you resonate with, sound, vibration, frequency, um, music, harmony. All those mm-hmm. things can affect your DNA and change it on a soul level as opposed to what your physical DNA that's uh, connected to your ancestral DNA, those two things are different. This is why when you work with drums, you can see the difference between familiar spirits and uh, spirits that are not attached to you, as well as how it's affecting you on a soul level. Um, and all that can alter your DNA. All mm-hmm. that can change your DNA, and mm-hmm. it can cause uh, differences within your DNA. So the, it, it definitely affects it differently and it works in different p- ways. Big time, big but, time. But, you know, that as, as you get more experience, 
working with uh, rituals and actually doing bembe's or drum rituals and things, you start to see the effect and you'll start to feel it and see it on a physical DNA level or physical level and a soul level. You'll see the big differences on how each one manifests and how it works. Mm-hmm. All right, excellent. Um, here's a couple. I'm going to actually condense these because these are actually connected. Uh, Jaga Su, uh, BZ Ho, um, I love these names, man. Y'all, y'all got some creative ass fucking names, man. Uh, fucking, um, uh, they're kind of connected in a sense. So I'm kind of going to condense them because we got a lot of questions online, and I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get to all of them. Seth Athen, I got you next. Hang tight, brother. I got you next. Um, let me scroll up here. Um, hold on. We did that one. I uh, just got passed it. Hold on. Uh, bear with me for one second. Uh, hold on one second. Bear with me. All right, Jagasu, and then I'm, I'm, I'm going to connect Jagasu and BZ Ho's question. Uh, Jagasu had typed in earlier, so so you can also tap into an archetype energy within your bloodline, more so an ancestor, that you never heard of or not aware of, most definitely. And that's why we were saying earlier, if you're working with ancestors or archetypes, uh, always include in your invocations, uh, if, you're, if you're doing a ritual for either, acknowledge the ones you are aware of and not aware of. Because if you stay consistent at this path and you keep traveling, you're going to start becoming familiar with the ones you were not aware of. So most definitely, it's not just limited to the ones you are aware of. Then BZ Ho had t- typed in earlier, which I thought was uh, interesting. And then I'm going to read a comment by Vasti. Vasti, let me just get throw that in there real quick. Vasti had typed in earlier that uh, my family came from 12, came from gypsies, tw- I'm sorry, gypsies, 12 kids, none of us look alike. Have no idea what would come out of that ritual. That, that's, some, that's some funny ass shit. You're right. That would be some, probably get some interesting shit. A BZO typed in this. This is a good. Uh, do spirits even give, give, a, give a fuck if you're black, dark, or light skinned? This is an excellent nope. question. And li- they don't. And let's just say you have a racist ass white ancestor like I might do. Uh, would it matter? No. Because remember, when we read that excerpt, from uh, the black ship at the very beginning of the show talking about, remember, part of working ancestral uh, worship is or veneration is repairing the family unit. Because remember, a lot of those individuals, as they evolve, they come to the reality of the truth. So by you connecting also with that, that person now who has passed on and might have been racist while they were here, now knows the reality of what we're talking about. It doesn't really matter. And really that self-hate that they were, they were projecting, they now realize that that was probably one of the biggest things that was keeping them confounded and restricted, not being able to evolve. You understand? It goes deeper than just the physical aspect. Oh, you know, the white men's and their genetic reasons. And they're like, okay, we get all that shit. But when going back into spirit, or dealing with the ancestral aspect of it, remember part of working the system is to repair, as it said, to repair the family unit. So you would say, well, what would be the purpose of venerating something like that that, you know, was, say, racist or hateful? Because it's the point is it's a part of your DNA that you still have to acknowledge, regardless if you agree with it or not. But by you doing that, you are creating a healing, that repairing, 
and you are even actually helping, especially if it's a spirit that recently passed on, by doing that for a recent spirit, say that was in that frame of mind at the time that they died, you're actually helping them in their transition process. So we got to understand this aspect of ancestral worship from a, from a whole perspective, not just the, the perspective we like. Uh, so, no, it doesn't matter at all, but that's an excellent question. Uh, and, yeah, because he said that his great-grandpops was, pure, was a pure white man and his father owned slaves. But believe me, he's aware now. Trust me when I tell you that. And like I said, Shaka uh, Sequel, we're going to get more into the, uh, the witchcraft aspect of this next week. Uh, let me see if there's anything else. And we answered that one. Uh, and Blackstar wanted to type something in uh, uh, for, for um, I think, it was Sister Sonia, or the, it might have been for the alchemist that was on after Sonia. But anybody, it's for, really anybody should get this book. Uh, the Magic of Psychotronics. Uh, that's definitely a good read. Um, if you don't have it, uh, you can pick that up. It gets a little bit more in the depth of what we were talking about uh, earlier. All right, let me bring in um, Brother. Oh, man, he left already. All right, so we're going to have to skip that. He might have to leave. Oh, no, there he is. Let me see if you scroll down to the bottom. Brother Seth Athena, what's going on, Brother? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, greetings, my brother. Greetings, brother. I was trying to plug you in earlier. I ain't going to hold you too long, but if you could... Uh, have you been in, you been in and out, or you been hearing what we've been talking about? I was I was in and out because um, I a lot of stuff was going on. Um, okay, no, no, that's, that's fine. What, what what I wanted you to do briefly, if you could share with the listeners, why I wanted to get you on the call, and I, you know, if you're busy, I ain't gonna hold you up too long. Um, I wanted you, if you could share with the listeners, we were talking about how when some people start working with ancestral worship or goon worship, etc how they start finding out things about their DNA that might, might have been a kind of a surprise to them. And I was telling people earlier, uh, you know, and again, as I explained earlier to listeners, uh, Seth Athner also, we, who we know as Brother Mike, who, who is local here, who works with us all the time. Uh, and you'll see him in the videos. He's one of the brothers that's always drumming. And if you see what Brother Mike looks like, Brother Mike looks like, like he's straight out of Africa. I mean, the whole look. I mean, you, he could, if you placed him in West Africa, he would fit. You wouldn't even know he was from the Caribbean. Um, uh, he's from St. Vincent, but you had a unique experience a few years back. I was, I was telling the listeners at an Igun uh, Misa slash ceremony, and you started to uncover the fact that you had a Scottish spirit or ancestor that was working with you. So I wanted you to share with the listeners briefly, if you could, when you found that out, and kind of, you know, how that progressed and, and kind of how you move forward with it, if you could. Well, um, from with that perspective, it, it, um, I started, actually started to, trying to find out in relation to my ancestral side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I started becoming curious and started questioning my grandfather, who mm-hmm. like. One of the things I really didn't know was that the Alexanders, um, I really thought the Alexanders were straight up black folks. Right. And came to realize one evening when I spoke to my grandfather, asking him, wait, so what, what the Alexanders were like um, back in the day? He said, and then he said, oh, those people, those people were, white, were white people. And okay. I mean, to me, it, it kind of caught me by surprise because Shit. I mean, nobody told me that my grandfather, that my the Alexanders were white people. Um, then it, it just, you know, it dawned on me um, 
way back. It took you way back. And I want to share that experience I had even at school the other day. How things, um, it took me way back to one night around the age of, um, I think it was about nine, ten years old. I was there speaking with my great-grandmother, which is my grandfather's mother. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he was, um, we, we were basically talking about, you know, the, the, the generation and so on. And when she mentioned about her, I think it was her father or grandfather, she said, yeah, my grandfather was, um, was a Scot. He, he, he never came back. He left. When he left, he never came back, so I never saw him up then. Then I really realized, I said, well, these are white people in Jews. You know, so it really dawned on me that I have white folks in my bloodline. Then it then start with, um, you know, I come to the, start coming to the realization why I was so intrigued when I left St. Vincent to go to the United Kingdom. I, I just wanted to go to the United Kingdom, not really realizing why I really wanted to go there. Um, the, reason, the immediate reason that came to me was that I wanted to see what was so fascinating about the developed world because we were the third, we are the third world country and they call us developing nation and you have the developed nation. So I wanted to mm-hmm. see what the difference was. So um, it's not until, you know, fast forward and coming back here, I then realized the other day, it, I was sort of more or less visiting or revisiting or retracing my ancestral steps. You know, that's why I went to the UK. Mm-hmm. Then I went to Florida. You know, right. so, you know, I, I actually, it was never my intention to come to Florida to live. My plan was to go to New York. That was my plan all along, go to, mm-hmm. to the United Kingdom. But then I end up in Florida, you know, and then it dawned on mm-hmm. me, oh, I was just retracing my ancestral steps, you know, um, in terms of, um, you know, coming here. And that's how I get into now. When I came to Florida, that's how I got into all the Orisha and, and all this mm-hmm. other stuff, you know, that right. my father led me to this to this point. You know, so you know that 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 was really profound for me. Right, um, and we, I remember being at the meet at one of the uh, uh, Igun ceremonies with you a few a few years back. Uh, I'm gonna say I think it was somewhere around I'm gonna say '05, '06 maybe uh, roughly, um, and that particular ancestral spirit, that Scott spirit, came through. Um, you know, at the Mesa, I don't know if you remember that. Uh, that was back, and I'm going back. Uh, that was down in uh, Miami. I'm going back to probably 2006. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, when when actually, you know, it was the, I believe it was Madrina at the time that was describing uh, that particular spirit that was around, was around you, and it was described as Scottish man wearing a hat, uh, et cetera. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I remember that, and I remember talking about it afterwards. So everything that you just said, like you said, you went back from nine years old, took it up to 
you know, your, 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 you know, kind of how you got to where you're at now, and then it came up then. So, you know, I just want to listen to this to kind of hear how it all connects. If you really, if you really zone in on it, you know, yeah, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised what you find. Yeah. And, you know, funny enough, um, after that session that we had in um, Hollywood, mm-hmm. um, I, I was, I was saying, you know, as I shared with you, um. The, the Kali, the Kali energy is a, like a subtle, powerful type of energy, and mm-hmm. uh, it it it, it without you really realizing that you you've been engulfed in that energy. And um, after that, I mean, I remember when you said that you know, maybe in the week, if you don't feel this sort of stuff, in the week you will, you will feel this sort of change. Yeah, and I'm telling you. <laughs> After the the chanting, the chanting sort of took me to a different place. Yeah. And actually, when I started to to drum, I just was like, it was like nothing for me. The drumming was like, and I've, I haven't, you know, drummed for quite a while. It right. was like nothing. You know, the drumming was like nothing. It was like something was, was just channeling that that whole that whole energy process um, that night. And yeah, no doubt. After that session again, um, last Sunday, I had an epiphany like like once the Sunday just came down on me. The whole confusion of thought just came down. It's like I felt like I was just existing. You know, you just feel like you're existing and, and you can't sort of... Um, figure out what the hell is going on. Right. There is sort of confusion just came over me and like I was like, whoa, <laughs> where the hell this came from? And, right. You know, I, I kind of struggled through it until the next day and it it just simmered off and everything just came to a, a sort of like mm-hmm. balance. You know? Well, yeah, uh, you, you shifted somewhere, so... Yeah, definitely a shift somewhere. But de- hey, brother, definitely appreciate it. Um, and uh, you know, the twenty fourth is the next one, so get ready for that twenty fourth and twenty fifth. Uh, but we'll we'll, we'll talk. Uh, but I appreciate you sharing that. I just wanted you to uh, share that with the listeners. Uh, so we definitely appreciate you, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Peace. All right. Uh, I think that. Uh, well, well, let me just see if I can one one last one here. Uh, I'm going to try this one here. North Central Texas. Anybody there from North Central Texas? Can you hear me? Anybody there? I'm sorry. You uh, you unmuted me? Yes, yes. We did, You're on the call. Did you have any questions or comments? Uh, you are on the call if you would like to say wow. anything. Feel have free. Um, peace. This is Trinity. Um, okay. I talk with Bafa a lot. Okay. And, um, Sorry to hear that. No, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> Recently on this left-hand path, I've been mm-hmm. experiencing, I guess what I asked for uh, through and uh, through others, you know what I mean? Um, right. The negativity, the, the chaos in uh, those types of things. So I know this is about working on ourselves. You know, right. and I'm doing my ritual, and um, 
But y'all talked about it earlier, and you talk about it all the time, how she talked about it all the time. She said today, and it's like, fuck you. But how <laughs> when this shit is about working on yourself, and sometimes right. you don't go into the dark side on the, on the left-hand right. path. But right. once you do that, like the sister spoke about her demons earlier, once, and, um, and I'm going there, I thought, but I, I digress. And I acted out in some behavior. And she's like, you know what, sis? You can't do that. Because That's right. Because you're on this path. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm getting back, you know, um, went through some stressors. And so I'm back on my path doing okay. the things to do. I'm plugged into you guys. And cool. I'm plugged into her. But most of all, I'm loving myself. There you go. Those types of things. And that's the key right there. But go ahead. But that's the key. Loving yourself. Yeah, I mean that's that's basically it. Uh, I got some. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's so many other things that I could point on, but I I often do that. I jump topics, but that's all right. <laughs> basically, that's where I'm at. It's like just working on me, no matter what, you know, because things are coming up, and I know it's not outside of me. I know that. This all has to do with me and what I'm attracting to myself uh, and those types of things. You talked about the walk-ins earlier, you know, and I bounce right. off of environments. I can go somewhere and I can touch something. Now I'm talking Spanish, you know. It's like, That's damn, right. how did I get here? You know, so I'm right. really influential or really empathic or whatever, you know. But uh, And I learned how to, you know, um, my crystals, you know, wear my silk camis, you know, those types of things to protect right. myself. And um, just staying on this path, even though it might fucking suck sometimes, you know, looking at yourself. But uh, uh, because it's going to be the benefit. <laughs> I'm looking at the benefit. Right. Well, see, one, the most important thing you probably just said, and I'm glad you said that. And when you said it, I could tell that you said it with sincerity that sometimes dealing with yourself, it sucks. And it's supposed to suck because not everything, not everything like I said, we, uh, you always hear us talk about it's great when we acknowledge all the things we love about ourselves, whatever, whatever skills and personality characteristics we got that are our strengths, whether it's uh, whatever, you know, it could be you might you might be good at uh, dancing, or you might be a good uh, planner or organizer, or you might be good with children. See, we love all that shit. But like when you just said, I can feel it in your tone when you just said, sometimes dealing with yourself sucks because really what was under that was all the shit that you really don't care to fuck with about yourself. But at least you're recognizing it. And this path is not all supposed to be pleasant. There's supposed to be you know, not pain in the sense torture pain, but there's supposed in that pain and a little bit of that suffering, there's growth in that. You know, that's where you get your most tremendous growth periods. When you go into those periods where you address shit like that, you know, shit you don't like. You know, you hear all those those cliches, what you know, what what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, et cetera. That's what all that stuff does. It may it just makes you stronger. But you should never ever be complacent on this path, completely comfortable. Because if you ever feel like that on a regular basis, then you're not working it correctly. You should always be on your toes, 
Uh, you know, you should always be challenging yourself. You should always be looking to better yourself. Um, and that's what this does. And like I said, when you said that, I could hear it in your voice. You know, it does suck dealing with, your, you know, certain things about yourself. And the things that suck dealing with it is the things you just don't care to fuck or you don't like. But that's good, you know, and it's good to feel like that because that shows just the recon- the recognizing of it or the realization of it shows that, you you know, you're moving in the right direction. So, well, we appreciate you sharing that with us. We're going to move on to the one more call and wrap this thing up. Um, but, uh, you know, you can go into the archives, too. All the shows are archived, so you can listen to them at your, at your leisure and your free time. There's a bunch of them. We got over 100-something shows in there now, so feel free to go in there, and uh, I'm sure you can find one on something. Trust me when I tell you that. Okay. You definitely feel free. All right? Thanks. We appreciate you listening. Uh-huh. All right. All right. You have a good night. Good night. All right. Le- all right. Last caller. Brother Ravon, are you still there or you fell fall asleep, brother? I'm here, bro. All right, you know who the last call is going to be. We got we got to lighten it up a little bit, bring it a little. We got we got you know who the last call is, right? You know who it is, right? Yeah, I don't even know, bro. Bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. You know who it is, brother, right? Tree hugger. It's got to be tree hugger. Yeah, of course. I know this is tree. I know this is tree hugger. I know. We're gonna have to bring tree hugger in. Tree hugger, you there? <laughs> You'll always uh, make fun of me. <laughs> good, good, that's evening. It, that's good it. evening. <laughs> Last but not least, we figured we'll bring you in with your good energy to kind of leave us on a good note. So what you got for us tonight? Oh, well, you know, um, well, I wanted to, when when Brother Ravana and you were talking about, the way you put it, you, put, you said the eyelids, the eyelids of um, um, the age. The folds of the eyelids is what you said. And um, yeah. I was laughing because when I was a little girl, I remember, you know, somebody waking me up while I was sleeping. And they said that I was talking in some foreign language. And I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. That, it brought me back to that. And, you know, I, I love martial arts, although I don't, you know, I don't participate. And I love Asian food. And my right. daughter has the eyeful of um, an Asian. And we've always, you know, I was like, where does she come from? She doesn't even look like she belongs to the family. So I just wanted to throw that in there when you were talking about that. Um, cool. I do I want to make mention, though, um, last week, um, I know that y'all had the um, Adun ceremony the last week, the weekend, mm-hmm. and... Um, it was after, I mean, I, I didn't participate, you know, I, I, but I wanted to make mention of the fact that on that Wednesday after that Adun ceremony, I read an article and it was um, the Corps of Engineers had mm-hmm. announced that they were going to move forward with the Dakota Pipeline. Right. And, you know, we were talking about working on ourselves. I, that affected me. And it affected me to the core of my being. That I, it brought some things up. You know, I'm not a boohooer. You know, I, I deal with things head on. Right. That incident just got to the core of me, and I boohooed all day long. And then I heard the oh. show on Thursday, and I heard the women that had come out of that goon ceremony, and they sort of brought some things up. Right. And it was such a powerful show. Um, but I just wonder if whether or not 
not only did that Zoom ceremony bring certain things up for them, but then coming out of that and then dealing with, you know, because dealing with the planet, they're going to be fracking into the core of the planet, the womb of the planet. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, um, and it's something that maybe they can answer at another time, but whether or not they felt like on that specific day anything else came up for them. Uh, as far as you mean the pe- you mean the people that were at the ceremony? Yeah, yeah. I or mean, I can get some feedback. Yeah. yeah, or uh, anyone else for that matter, because well, what, um, well, yeah, what we could do is, you know, I definitely, you know, the, those that I talk to, I'll get feedback, and we'll definitely bring it up on the next show. I mean, I mean, I could just tell you when we were there, a lot of things happened, and actually. The one we did last time was a was a ceremony uh, for Cali. Actually, it was a ritual yeah, for Cali, exactly. right? Uh, a little little different than the Agoon ceremony, but you know, similar, you know, to an extent. Um, now, what it's taken us into now, what we're getting ready to do at the end of this month is uh, a ritual for Baron uh, Samedi, mm-hmm. um, which is going to open up a whole nother pathway uh, because we are when when you, when you talk about the planet. Uh, when access, remember, a lot of these archetypes are connected to a lot of the, you know, astrological movements of the planet because there are peak times where you should work these rituals where it taps into there are more energy, obviously, at some times uh, than others. Uh, the equinoxes obviously tie strong in certain deities. Um, the winter equinox is a great time to uh, access set, etc. But we're doing this for a reason, and if you pay attention to all of that, yeah, it doesn't just have an effect. Um, now, whether it connects to exactly what you were saying or not, I can't, I can't confirm that. Mm-hmm. Only other individuals that might have had their own experiences can connect it. Mm-hmm. Um, but remember, when you're doing stuff like that, it doesn't just immediately affect where you are because when you're sending that energy out, this is why I keep telling people, see, with all the shit that we got going on in mm-hmm. this country, whether it's politics, it's this whole Trump shit, police brutality, you know, the pipeline stuff that you brought up. What people fail to understand is, see, they're attacking everything physically, right? right? And those Native Americans that you, for example, that you see over there, the reason why they ain't going to be successful, because the way that they're attacking the problem, they're not, they're not really going, you know, singing Native American songs and protesting isn't going to do shit. And I'm going to tell you why. Just like protesting police brutality in Black Lives Matter isn't going to do shit, and I'm going to tell you why. Because you're playing right into their hands. That's exactly what they want you to do. They want you to react. They want you to protest. Right. Protest. They want you to go on a physical level where you will have no effect whatsoever. You might think you are. You might think by going out there, rah, rah, rah. And then what happens after all these protests die down? Shit goes back to being just the way it was before it started, and I'm going to tell you why. See, even in the Native American culture, there's powerful systems of black magic, of working oh, intensely yeah. with these shamanic spirits. Okay, that's number one. Us here in America, if we really wanted to stop this shit, you're Ravana Noon, we were talking about it earlier, we've talked about it in previous shows. If we got into these rituals as a collective group, mm-hmm. and we always hear us say a multitude of times on the show, Instead of having a, a, a million-man march or protest in D.C., if we had a million-man drum gathering, we'd scare the living shit out of these motherfuckers. Because, see, that power and energy, they can't do anything about. They can't combat that. They would not be able to fight the change. See, the problem is 
we try to attack these problems first physically, but we're not united mentally and spiritually, so there's no power in that. It don't matter if you get together a million motherfuckers physically. That's great. But if they ain't on the same mental wavelength, it's a waste of time. And these motherfuckers know that. So they're happy when you gather and you protest. They're like, great, let them have their day or two and just let them, you know, smash some windows and destroy some businesses and put on their little costumes and, and, and parade and scream and, and, and turn over cars. The, the, the white man's like, go ahead, man, have your day in the sunshine. And you know they make money off of that shit if you really, really look at it, yeah, because that creates do. more government yeah, That creates more government aid to those sets. That's a whole other story. We could do a whole show on that. So you're, you're playing right into these people's hands when you attack it on that level. But I know you opened the que- you know, your question kind of opened the door to something else. When we're working those rituals, that is having a profound effect, not just us. I'm saying anybody that's working these rituals correctly, we're tapping into a spiritual science and energy that this white man cannot combat or defeat. It doesn't matter what he does. See, he knows the only way he can defeat us completely is meeting us on the physical because we ain't got nuclear weapons. We ain't got tanks. We ain't got uh, submachine shotguns. I'm saying most of us for the most part. I mean, a couple of us might have a few here and there, but we don't have the artillery to win this war on the physical level. Don't fool yourself. So don't get sucked into all those military movements or those, or those militant black conscious groups, all those cats, look, and it ain't to knock the dude, but I got a call for this. Uh, all those cats, the Sarah suit and say, them niggas ain't doing shit. Trust me, that's all hype and entertainment. Them cats ain't doing a motherfucking thing, and I go on record saying that shit. They ain't doing nothing. Bottom line is, if we're not attacking this on a spiritual level first and successful at it, after that, you'll see just naturally things fall in line physically. And let me tell you something, this cracker's biggest fear, his biggest fear is us coming together on this wavelength, working these spiritual signs, because he cannot combat African sorcery and witchcraft. He fears it. He's scared of it. He's actually intrigued by it, and this is why he'll get involved with it on a certain level. But he knows that they do not have the inner power. And I'm not, I'm not saying this from a racist standpoint, because as we've said before, we embrace everybody. But I got to call it for what it is. They do not have the power, the tenacity, and the know-how how to work this correctly and be successful at it. Their biggest fear is us doing it as a collective group. So they keep us all <clears throat> fucked up. They make us become everything what we should, shouldn't be. We got this motherfuckers over here, comedic. These motherfuckers over here are Moors. They're over here. They're Islamic. They're black Muslims. These are motherfuckers over here are black Hebrew Israelites. These motherfuckers are Christians, Pentecost. So we're in a hot mess where we're everything but what we should be. This is our true way. This is our true spiritual science. It predates all of this shit, all that comedic shit, all that other shit. This stuff was being practiced. You can't even put no time frame on this shit. That's their biggest fear. So I went off into that avenue because your question, I'm, I'm going to finish with that. And I'm, Brother Ron, I don't know if there's something you want to add to it, but I'm going to finish with Quite simply, yes. When, when those things, now, if it, if, it, if it affected the way you act, I couldn't confirm, I can't confirm that if those, those events were correlated, but there could have been somebody else there that did have the experience. So, I mean, we can ask and get some feedback and, and bring it to the show next week if there was. But I can tell you, when you work those rituals, even if you did something where you're at individually or collectively, you're literally changing the magnetic grid of the planet. What do you think keeps things intact? 
You understand? If if some of us weren't working these sciences consistently, shit would really go haywire. What do you think just keeps things, you know, to the point where they don't go completely out of whack? It's it's individuals and groups of individuals like us that are that are actually keeping things at an even keel. Because if nobody was attacking it on the spiritual and we all just addressed it on the physical, man, it'd just be a free fall. We'd be, we'd be in more chaos than we're in now, not a good type of chaos. I'm talking about a whole other level of chaos that would take a long time to make order out of it. You understand what I'm saying? So anyway, I don't know if there's something you want to add to that, Brother Ravon, before we close this thing out. <clears throat> no, the only thing I wanted to say is, uh, well, when the Kali energy that we have uh, raised up is, is a destructive energy. So people, wherever it resonated to, they're going to feel a destructive type of energy within them where they're going to feel emotional, extremes, anger, whatever the case is. It's possible not to be at the ritual and still resonate because you listen to the show, you've spoken to people, on the show, so you can still feel the resonating frequency from not being there. It can still reach you, but you will feel the emotions of it when it reaches you. This is why we mentioned at the ritual that this can last for a week, two weeks, three weeks. You, you'll feel the resonating frequencies of it even a month later. Sometimes people don't feel it right away. That's right. But the Kali energy is very destructive, and it's a very... um. Uh, conquering kind of energy, a chaotic energy. And so really when you really tap into that energy, you do realize when this time that we're in, according to, you know, people in, in that system, they call it Kali Yuga, is this straight destructive time. So that's right. everything that's possibly being, that can be possibly brought to the summit of chaos to be more chaos, it, that's exactly what's happening. The pipeline is just another example of that. Humanity has lost their courage. Because of their courage, they are now being shafted without grief. Every culture, every group of people are going to experience this until they tap back into their original indigenous ways. That's right. They're not they're, the Native Americans have become just as Americanized as everybody else. That's that's correct. Okay, that's what and I because, meant when I said yeah. That's what I meant when I when I meant earlier why they won't be successful. Exactly, and because of that, yes, you could, you could be chanting or singing Native American songs or whatever, but they have a form of black magic in their system Hell that yeah. they could literally destroy the people who are coming against them. That's right. But we have been made into people who are too compassionate, too loving, and too caring. It's not wrong to be loving, caring, compassionate. But like we said at the beginning of the show, um, and it comes from the split movie, and I'm saying it again for a reason. Those who are broken are actually the pure, and those who are unbroken are actually the impure. And what I mean by that is simply this. You cannot understand what real compassion is until you've been broken enough in your life to really know the difference between compassion and abuse. That's right. So we become people who are too compassionate 
and take on the abuse and don't do nothing about it. <laughs> in our original form, in Af- and where this is for next week's class, when we dealt with African witchcraft or African uh, sorcery, we had no remorse. If you came against us, we would take you out, period. Now, do we initiate it? No. We don't go on the attack? No. But if you came against us, you threaten my well-being, my family's well-being, I'm taking you out. Problem is, we're too compassionate, too caring, and what's wrong if I hurt somebody? Well, guess what? They don't care about you. They'll take you out faster, and while you're hesitating, oh, this is wrong, I'm this, they're going to, you'll be done and under. And that's the problem with our people right now. We're too compassionate. We're afraid to put some heat on people. We're afraid to put some black magic curses on people because, oh, you know, that's wrong. That's not right. Who told you it wasn't right or wrong? Religion, and society, that's right. and based culture. on what? That's exactly. Right. And the very people who told you that, the very people who taught you that, so that they can keep you submissive and under their control. But guess what? In ancient African sorcery and witchcraft, we didn't get down like that. If you come against us, we taking you out. No questions asked. No remorse or guilt. And unto the Native American brothers and sisters that are dealing with the pipeline and having to go through that, get their asses in gear and tap back into that Kali energy, meaning that original indigenous chaotic energy to destroy shit that's trying to hurt you, they're going to keep suffering over there, and they're going to keep going through that because they're they're turning this into a peaceful celebrating march like Martin Luther King, and you see at the end, all they do is feed you a crumb from the master table to pacify you. You don't get shit from it. And you see, they had a. They thought this was over. They thought it was over. Oh, we the the people, you know, it's over. But not Trump came in there, and he said, "Screw all that shit. All federal lands are open for business now." So Trump don't give two shits about who's what, who's this, who's that. It's all about business to him. And people don't know. You get your ass killed, you get ran over. Period. That's a business mentality. It's cutthroat, straight cutthroat mentality. They don't care. They'll mm-hmm. run you over. Right. So what can you? What do you do? Complain, cry, protest, get media attention? That still doesn't solve anything. Because you, I, are not the power players that make those decisions. It's the big boys that got the lasers pointed at you that's going to make those decisions. And well, how do you combat that? You don't got physical weapons. You, so what do you do? You, you get on your black magic shit and you destroy people like that, no questions asked. Period. No remorse either. And 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 let me let me add this real quick before we wrap this thing up. On that same note, you you know you got people like you say singing songs and protesting, but on the other side they're looking across the people in riot gear, carrying rifles, weapons. So you're, you're dealing with two different mindsets. One is saying, you know, we're not gonna take it and we you know with the we shall overcome kumbaya bullshit that don't work and the other side is like i'm just waiting for you to slip up and make a mistake so i can pull the trigger and start capping you motherfuckers that energy that does not work that's the whole point you cannot approach it like that and when you go back into those native american cultures the the shaman they they work some serious powerful magic but now they want to be on all this light side fluffy shit and it doesn't work and when Ravana Noon was talking about the destructive energy of Cali, destructive in the sense it destroys everything to make it new, 
because we're in that time frame now where right now that Cali energy is at a high destructive level. People that are working that path right now are tapping into this science for great change on all levels. That's why we did the ritual. And actually the night we did it was a full moon, which is that's a whole other story. And that was, you know, we, we planned that for a particular reason too. Now here's the other thing. I'm going to leave you with this, um, Texas Tree Hugger. And if you have one last comment, feel free. Um, the next time we do the ritual to show you what we're talking about, all right, when we do it on the 24th and it starts around 8, 830, all you need to do is sit down, meditate, and tap into it and visualize being there visualize tapping into it on some level, and I will guarantee you you'll get something out of it to show you that the energy is not restricted just to the specific area that you're working because there's a thing called mental transmutation and, and psychic projection and projecting your consciousness. You can project your consciousness to the other side of the world if you wanted to. You can, you can focus on an individual, literally see a target, focus on them, no, I mean, everything in detail, and you can project consciousness to them from eons and miles away. That's a reality. That's a science. That's, that, that, that's a, a, a practice that anybody can utilize. So what I'm trying to tell you is to show you the effect. When really concentrated and tuned in and working this path correctly, that's the power. Now, if we have the power to, if I can reach somebody from, I'm here, and I can reach somebody on the other side of the world, which can be done easily because it's a transferring of thoughts, consciousness, and energy. If they knew we started working this type of shit, how are they going to fight that? How are they going to combat that? They wouldn't know which way to come. You can't. Look, it's beyond, it's beyond the physical. It's beyond weapons. It's beyond death, physical death. They fear that. Why do you think they spend their whole life going to places like Africa and Egypt and, and, and excavating it? Because they, they, they're trying to find out these secrets. They've been trying to find out for thousands upon thousands of years. And they'll keep trying to find out. And guess what? They're only going to get limited shit because they don't have the ability to tap into it like we do. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to leave it there. Did you have anything else you wanted to add before we wrap it up? Any other comments or anything that you wanted so, to I just have say one again? comment. And, and, sure, uh, sure. It's so powerful what you but both of you just expressed, and I wholeheartedly agree. And yes, I will um, do that exercise on the 24th. Um, but you, yeah. You that, mm -hmm. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. You, you made the point about focusing, and you made this point earlier in the broadcast um, about focusing on the target. Um, and I just wanted to just bring in just that um, when you focus on it, you bring it into existence and altering the DNA, the magnetism and altering the DNA, all of that goes hand in hand. And mm -hmm. I just wanted to leave uh, the comment that when we focus on what we want, we focus on what we love, and we do what we love, or we emanate that, or whatever it is that we want, whatever we focus right. on, we have the ability to um, reverse age. And because of, of the altering of our DNA, so I just wanted to put that mm. out there in the in the atmosphere uh, because I'm experiencing that myself, and I just wanted cool. to um to to share that. Thank cool. you so very but much. I, no, uh -huh. no, no, no problem. I, I would suggest you, everybody else listening, if you if you can't get to that next ritual, if you really sit, tap in, you'll start to hear the drums. Trust me when I tell you, 
you will start to hear the drums. I don't give a fuck where you at or how far away you are or how close you are. When you really focus in and zone in, because this is a natural ability that we have, this is what we would call one of our quote-unquote spiritual powers. This is what we would call, if we say we're gods and goddesses, rather than it being a blanket statement because it sounds hip, you know, everybody says they're a god and a goddess. But when I ask people the simple question, well, define to me in your own words, not some shit you read in a book, in your own words and experiences, what does it mean to be a god and a goddess to you? Well, it's all these things that we're talking about right now. Well, let's start activating these god and goddess-like powers and stop talking about what we're capable of being or what we used to be, and now let's become great again and even greater than we were. Because if we can't take any of that shit in the past and update it for 2017, it's completely useless. So I don't give a fuck how much you know about Egypt, or how much shit you study and how much historical data you got running up in that brain of yours, it's irrelevant if you can't apply any of it. So what good is it? Like, we always joke around, but the reality is I couldn't give a fuck if the Metonetta was translated or not. Because in 2017, what's that going to do for me in this day and age? Nothing. So after I found out if it was or it wasn't, who fucking really cares? Because now i got to go out into this world and still see terrorism and fucking crack babies and, and our people getting killed on a daily basis over stupid shit, and not one of them really, I guarantee, said, oh, my God, was the Metronetto actually translated? Because that's not going to get them off of crack. That's not going to get these young boys out of the streets from selling dope. They don't relate to none of that shit because it doesn't resonate with them. They need real-time solutions, real-time answers, and real-time results. Bottom line is that comedic shit has become religious now. It's like going to fucking church. It bores people to death. They ain't trying to listen to that shit no more. Because who wants to sit there and listen to a historical lesson? That's the whole point. Again, the thing with this level of spirituality, it brings change now. That's it. Results now. Not tomorrow. Not next week. You're not waiting around for something to happen. You're doing it yourself. But anyway, we can go on for hours about that. But we appreciate you. (laughs) Thank you. uh, Likewise. uh, Let us know before we let you go. Have you done it yet? We want to know. Did you go outside and hug the trees naked? That's all I want to know. I have. <laughs> oh my god! All right, I had to. We we just had to get you to say that because for those that are listening, if you're if you're new to the show, uh, Texas Tree Hugger has been coming on the show for a long time, and if you're wondering why we call it that, because people are like, why do they keep calling it a tree hugger? I can feel it. The reason why we call her a Texas tree hugger, um, we were joking around one night. She was asking a question, and we were, we were joking about, uh, you know, fluffy people being tree huggers. So at that time, she was joking around, like, oh, I'm one of those people. So that's how the name stuck <laughs> at, at that time. So just in case people were wondering why we keep calling her a Texas tree hugger, that's why we call her a Texas tree hugger. Yes, and I've adopted so, that name, and I'm proud of it. So, you know, so good. That's all right. Hey, hey do, do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. All right, but as usual, we appreciate you. We're going to wrap this thing up. It's getting late. I'm tired. Brother Ravonna Noon's tired. Um, so we're going to wrap it up. But as usual, we appreciate you, sis, and we'll talk to you real soon. Likewise. Have a beautiful week. Thank you. All right. Bye, Brother Ravonna. That's it, brother. I'm done. I know we went a little extra long tonight. Didn't plan on it. Um, so next week, uh, we'll do the second part. We'll focus exclusively on African sorcery and witchcraft. Real quick. I'll make this brief. Um, February 24th and the 25th, next event, February 24th. Um, uh, Lady Mystic, I uh, will uh, get, text me in the morning. Um, I forgot to get back to you today. We'll, we'll set something up for tomorrow. 
in the in, in early evening if that's okay with you. But text me. I know I see you on there. Just type in. Just text me in the morning. Uh, we'll set something up in the morning. All right, cool. Um, February 24th and February 25th. February 24th, Ritual for Baron Samedi, Cultural Expressions, Hollywood, Florida. It starts at 8 p.m. Dresses all black. It's that simple. Can't fuck that up. We'll get more information on the next show. It's late, so I'm not going to get too much into it tonight. Next day, the 25th, will be a class, Sophia's Garden of Ma'at in Miami Gardens. Uh, we're going to do a class on similar topic that we're talking about tonight. That'll be the next night. Both events are free, no charge. Just come out and support the event. Um, if you need any information on the event, uh, you can email khnum19 at gmail.com. That's knum19 at gmail.com. Brother Von Noon, if you want to go ahead, close the information. We'll wrap this thing up, brother. All right. Uh, for those who would like to reach me with questions, comments, concerns, you can reach me at ravannanun, R-A-V-A-N-A-N-U-N, at outlook.com, or reach me through YouTube. Dark Occultist 99. Peace. I appreciate it, brother. And same thing if you want to contact me. Uh, same email address, khnum19 at gmail.com. You can go onto our Facebook page, too, Awakening Universal Minds. Any questions, uh, comments, uh, or suggestions for future shows, feel free to drop us a line over there. Uh, you can also go onto my YouTube channel, Mother Nubia Inc. on YouTube. Uh, there's a bunch of videos on there. Uh, go to Mother Nubia Inc. Also, the Google Plus page, it links all the, all the shows are archived. You can also come right here to TalkShoe.com. We have over 100 and something shows in the archive uh, going back to well over a year ago, um, pretty much covering every topic you can think of. Uh, so feel free to go in there. Um, that's pretty much what we got. Uh, next week, we'll continue the second part of this series. We look forward to seeing everybody next week, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Have a good evening, good weekend, and we'll see everybody next Thursday, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.